And we're going to be revisiting the periodicals. We're going to be revisiting. We're going to be bullshitting. We're going to take forever to do this. <laughs> the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Fullen. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we're going to be bullshit about the four hundred years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. We are reading yet another relic of antiquated video game literature today, smashing mad chuckling cherry squeezes while we sugar rush our way through the pages of GamePro issue 8. The link to that is in the show notes, as it always is. Please rate and review the podcast if you like what we're doing. It makes us feel really good about ourselves. And what are we jamming on now? Jay, what are you jamming on now? All right. For the last time, you'll probably hear me talk about it. Outriders. Uh, I think I'm done with it. Like, yeah. I've long, I've long since beat the main story, all the side quests, the the side expeditions. Like, I've gotten like. Isn't the multi thing the fucking? Isn't the like? Isn't 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 it like procedurally generated almost with the multiplayer stuff? Well, the multiplayer stuff it's cool, but it's like, like they have these expeditions that you have to get like progressively harder to get better gear. And you, we, I've done that. Like I've gotten to the highest tier of that. So there's like only one final thing, which is like the eye of the storm. And it says that content is reserved for groups. And so like, I tr- I've tried it and I just, I clearly, I can't do it by myself. <laughs> I, I try to like queue in and wait for somebody to join me and just like not start the mission and just wait for somebody to like, just match make. And so that happened once and we both failed and they left. So I was like, darn it. Like I need to like, if I don't have like a team with me to do this together, like it's not gonna happen. So, but otherwise, I'm like done with the game. Like I'm bored doing the same exhibitions over and over. I've done them a ton of times. I've gotten like all legendary gear. So, unless they come out with some DLCs, I think I'm uh, done. I think it's pretty uh, reliable that they will do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm I'm over it in the meantime though. Like it's just the replayability. I've I've played it out. I think it's done. And then after that, oh man. Man Eater. So I don't know if you remember this game, Shark Game. It's a shark like action RPG. It's so fun. So, story time, buckle in. <laughs> about a year ago, right? Before the Series X and S were released, obviously I work at Microsoft. I was testing, I was one of the testers working, playing the Series S before it came out. So, I'm like playing this new software before everybody else. I'm like, I'm loving it. And internally, I also got to test this game, the Series X version of this game. And so I was loving this game. Clearly, I couldn't talk about it on the podcast at the time, you know, because it was under development. But you're a shark. It's an RPG. You're underwater. You are you have to level up. You're getting things. The graphics well, you are, are the amazing. shark. I, you I, are yeah. the shark. Yeah, remember, yeah. Like, I, I saw this. Yeah, I remember seeing yeah. this. But, like, I feel like they made the – it was at the time – like the shark and underwater graphics were really stellar and really realistic, but like the humans and above ground was a very cartoony. It was like an interesting contrast, right. but this time they made those more realistic. So it makes more sense on it, I think, but like it's on game pass now and amazingly enough, even though I'm playing on like my own series X now, like my soft, my game was automatically loaded. So I was still like an adult shark on my progress and the graphics are amazing. Like, it's just a blast. So I highly, highly recommend, man. You're an apex predator. Like, 
it's something different. Uh, yeah, I'm, I remember being intrigued by it for sure. And yeah, it's, it's, I can only imagine the amount of like thought that went behind, like, how realistic should we make this? <laughs> you know, like with that being the motif. And yeah, like you're, you know, because you're eating like innocent bystanders essentially, right? And it's not like, yeah, they're not like, that's not you your know, whole goal, but that's definitely, definitely part, part of it. Part of it, right? Yeah. Goals, yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting that they, they, that definitely intrigues me more that it's skewed more towards realism for sure. If I'm going to play a game like that, yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I mean, like I said, I was intrigued even when it was cartoony. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but I never, I never got on playing it. That's cool. But it's Game Pass, so there you go. Now, yeah, I'll have to. <laughs> I just downloaded another one. I, just, I mean, I, I fucking the middle of this thing. I can't even kind of have time. I haven't even touched Subnautica, let alone anything else. Uh, but I was listening to a podcast a day or two ago, and they mentioned something that I was like, "Oh, that is that's oh, I gotta try." Like, just download it for later. It's saved, <laughs> so I don't forget about uh-huh. it. You know, so I'll probably I'll probably do that with that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So yeah, uh, and then of course I gotta say, as you can see from my background, shockingly, Rocket League. Have you played this game before? Like, how, what is your experience is it, with this? Is this the thing that you were? Is this is this not the thing that you were saying? Like the the, the dodge volley thing? I'm assuming no, right? No, no. So uh, that was that's Knockout City, knockout and that that's a blast. I, I I still play that from time to time with uh, Zion. But so on a whim. I downloaded this. I can't remember because it's something I've heard about. Clearly, this is a game that's been around Rocket League. It's it's basically soccer. It's kind of like, okay, the website describes it as high-powered hybrid of arcade-style soccer and vehicular mayhem. <laughs> so it's kind of like a car version of Griffball from Halo 5, which I don't know if you remember. I've talked about it, but it's kind of like something that I said should be an eSport. I was like, it's so fun. This should be an eSport. This is an eSport. It's basically that, only with a car. And I played it with Z- Zeke and Zion, and, like, you're on a team. Like, we did three versus three. Obviously, you're trying to knock the ball in the goal. You have, like, boost in the game. You can do jumps. Like, it's shockingly fun. Like, we were all just surprised. Like, it, <laughs> But in the game, like, it has its own tab that says eSports. Like, that's how you know it's, like, a big-time thing. But it's just I, – I can't say enough about it. Like, it's couch co-op. It's one of those things where I'd seen it before, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's not really my style. But I played it, and it's a blast. It's on my home screen now. Just has the right mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really fun. And I haven't – I could like that's something I was, wouldn't mind having. It's like just like a game I'm, I can just fuck around and play. So I don't have – you know, it's either Subnautica, or which is like a, a completely immersive, all-consuming, mm-hmm. like uh, – <laughs> fucking rat hitting the lever experience you know going out with the resource gathering and stuff and building and shit so having something a little more mindless would be nice <laughs> this is fun it's it's really fun i highly recommend and i think it's i think it's one of those free-to-play games i'm pretty sure so cool. yep. word word that's about it man what about you what have you been jamming on uh Nothing for the last week, but prior to that, Subnautica is all, as you might imagine. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's further and deeper. Uh, the story keeps getting better. Like, I I hit a point where it tied into. So I think I told you previously that you know it's completely. It happens in the same story world as uh, the first one, but. It's a completely, you know, like the character, there's no over, or seemed, there was seemingly no overlap at all. And I don't know what, you know, again, they don't give you percentages, thankfully, but I'm, I'm assuming at least halfway through it, probably. And 
I I hit a like I, I got to a point where it tied into the first game story in a, like a really really unexpected and obscure way. You know, we're like you know I even I bumped into this thing, this this aspect of 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 this of the second one story a couple of times, and I didn't even it didn't even occur to me. And then the right clue popped up in addition to a new bump into it. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, that's the oh, my God, that's so fucking good. Holy shit. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like, I mean, it, it took every smidge of self-control I possess to not late night phone call jab on the telephone and gush about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so fucking good. I just, oh, I, mean, I was like, I had to, like, put the controller down. I was like, oh, my God, that is such good writing. That's so fucking good. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so fucking cool. Uh, so, yeah, so that happened. And, yeah, that and, like, you know, if, if like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I could fucking be any more over the moon about it than than I already was, but that that uh, absolutely did it for me. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm upset for. I'll stress it again. Anyone who hasn't played these games, your existence is lesser for it. Like it is, they are fucking unreal. Even Jab, he's such a cunt. I've never told you how much of a cunt Jab is. Okay. <laughs> he's like, so he's yeah. I mean, you, I, I think on some of the side quests or something, I, I'm, I have zero doubt that you've had some exposure since I started playing this to him being like, no, I don't know about it. I've heard it's kind of weak, yada, yada, yada. And like, you know, so he, I don't know if it was like a week ago, a few days ago or something over over last weekend or something, he was watching a friend's dog. So he's staying at their house and I got a bunch of dough, I guess. So they got this, so they have a sick ass uh, gaming desktop at the, at the house and he had Subnautica. So he's like, he texts me late, late night one night and he's just like, he's got, he's got the screenshot. It's up. And he's like, just the very beginning of it and of sub zero. And, He's he's like he's like my you know explain the story that he got like this sick ass computer so he's just fucking around with it. I was like oh so you're playing? He's like oh, I'm just like literally just dipping my toe in because it's here you know. So he like plays it a little bit and he like said something about like he made some shitty remark about like the tone of an early joke or something you know in the writing and so talking a little bit of shit and he's like but you know we like I was like asked how far he got I was like oh, I never got out of the shallows I just did this night and then like. Two or three days ago, he texts me. He's back at home. He's 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 bought a PC now, and he's got he's got it set up. And Sub Zero's on the screen, and he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, "Oh, you're fucking playing now." He's like, "He's like, yeah, 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 yeah." And then like last night, he's sending me like long texts of like role playing shit he's doing, how he's like his whole like plan for his new his first starter base of like how he's limiting himself so he doesn't get entrenched in the early base so he moves quicker than he like he doesn't allow himself to get too established in the shallows with this base uh like you know no 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 only building the one room no no plants are growing any sort of sustenance so like basically pushing himself to build a base somewhere better sooner than you might if you build something that really provides uh, sustenance or whatever uh, in in the shallows, you know. So basically, the point is, he's completely immersed, completely fucking gone, <laughs> and like just gone, you know. He's like, he's fucking just like completely gone. He's fucking like goodbye. Like he's gonna be fucking playing the game nonstop now for months. And like you know, he was such, he was being such a twat about it. And how he's like, I'm gonna wait till winter. I mean, part of his inclination was that he's like, I didn't, I don't want to, like, I don't want this to happen, you know. Like yeah. I don't want, I don't want to fall off the deep end on it because like, whatever he's. So busy, but the like, fucking yeah. The second he fucking got exposure to, it, he was like, boop, gone. <laughs> so, case in point. I mean, granted, it, like you know, it's not like he needed to be swayed to like the game or anything, but 
certainly at some level of demonstration of, of, of this one being good, at least as good as the first, because the second he got into it, he was gone. You know, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just so fucking good. Uh, yeah, and the other thing, the other that I, I I haven't played yet. I literally just set it to download yesterday morning before I left for work. But uh, I heard I I I, like, I always thought No Man's Sky was just another FPS. Like I'd heard that name a million times. Do you know anything about that game? I have not played it. I think I downloaded it, but like never messed around with it. But like it's huge. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's what I was. Uh, I was actually listening to the Press B to Cancel podcast. Now that I think about it, and it was it was on the list of. One of the guys' worst five games list. I think it was like number four on his list. So he like he like it was a funny list because the, uh, the 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 fourth and fifth games on his list, he was like, you have to play now. <laughs> Cause like his whole thing was with this game, when it first came out, I guess it was it promised all these things and didn't fulfill any of them. But it's and it's from this indie developer that has like supported the shit out of it over the its entire lifespan and now it is like i guess an unreal game that fulfills all the things that it was supposed to fulfill but yeah it's essentially it sounds to me like a procedurally generated space exploration game so like you go to planets and there is unique life on every planet. And that was this thing. Like early on, he said there wasn't the kind of variance that it promised and yada, yada, yada. But procedurally generated. So essentially, it is like the universe. It is infinite. <laughs> you know, uh, if you believe the universe is infinite, I guess and perhaps that's some level of uh, <laughs> we don't have proof of that necessarily. But yeah, like the yeah, it's it's like it sounds like kind of outer worldsy, but way bigger, you know. Uh, and there's also, I guess, a multiplayer component to it that could be kind of interesting. Like the, the like you, like it. it, it kind of, again, I haven't played it, so I, I'm, this is purely on like interpretation of analysis by someone else. But like, like one of the gripes was that you couldn't see, like you, like it was multiplayer in that at these all the players could exist in the universe together, and you could cross paths in like your the trail that you leave behind you, your wake, I guess. You know, but you would never see, you could never see another player. Like there's no, there was no way to like be in the same place at the same time, I guess, you know? Um, so I don't, I don't even know exactly what that, I guess that's been fixed. They kind of uh, alluded to that being fixed and it's possible now to bump into other people, I guess, and the multiplayer aspect of it. But even the idea that you have this like massive universe and like, I don't know that there's some level of like residual evidence of other players having been here, finding their base. I don't even, I don't even know what it means. You know, again, I like it. They, they did not really get into the mechanic. I don't even know what your goal is based on what they were talking about. It was just, they were talking about the, again, the procedural, the procedurally generated aspect of it and like how, you know, the, the, the world, the, the planets and the life, like there's life forms, you know, unique life forms to the planet, of course, that has developed on that individual planet. And theoretically, there is an infinite version of infinite versions of what that can be on the planet. You know, it's just, yeah. it's fucking, it's a crazy concept. It's like a mind blowing concept. I can't even wrap my mind around the concept of it. <laughs> Within so actually, now that you mentioned it, first of all, I did not know about the procedurally generated thing, yeah. but I have heard of this because one of the guys that used to be in our old ESO guild um, that we, we started playing divinity with, he played that game a lot. And he actually created like a Facebook page. I think it was called like One Man Sky. And it was like his like stuff that he found. And I remember thinking like, 
Why is this game so good? So I actually did. I just looked at something. I did play it, but I didn't really know what the goal was. I didn't really look into it. <laughs> that's that's so kind of like, what are we yeah. doing here? Like, right. Yeah. So that's kind of that's how it sounded, and and like that's honestly what intrigues me. Like I mean, that's you know that's one of the things I love about Subnautica, and that's what's cool about Outer Worlds is like, you know, you just dropped into this. It's it's it is kind of just a sandbox. There's something like. There's a difference between like you can there are sandbox games that truly don't have a goal like mm-hmm. and it's a completely different thing to have a sandbox world and tell the player or have the pl- expectation for the player be to find what they're finding you know what I mean that that's that that's just a level a, a, a layer of role play I guess or fucking gamey whatever it's just I love that you know that's why open world games Skyrim anything like I want to I want to I want to decide and find what the hell my character is going to do with their time, existence, whatever. That's the whole, that's, that's very intriguing to me in a, in a gaming sense. So then uh, you would probably love this then. Cause yeah. just, from, from what, what I saw from him, it was kind of just like this, you're exploring the universe. Like I don't <laughs> even know what else is going on there. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking awesome. So yeah, that, I'm looking, I mean, you know, clearly, I don't know, especially like, so if it's something that expansive, like I'm kind of scared to even try to play it before I get Subnautica. Oh, yeah. Because, you, you know, how do you find the time for that? But <laughs> I want to wait, honestly. Now, and it's funny because talking about this game, I remember on the Discord that I use, I'm on the Gamers Over 30 Discord. I don't really talk to a lot of people there. It's kind of like, it, it's all right. But I noticed they have like, because each popular game has its own channel. channel. So there's maybe like, I don't know, 12, 15 channels. But No Man's Sky itself has like eight different channels or something like that. There's just a lot for that one game. So I remember thinking like, wow, people are really into this game. But it didn't really register like that. Yeah, this yeah, is the reason. It, it sounds like such a, yeah, it just sounds like one of those stock fucking FPS games that I just would have no interest in, you know, that the title is not. It, it, that's the thing. Like, now that I know this, like, yeah, it makes that's a great title. But, <laughs> but, but like... With no context or no further, like, I don't know. Even the visual, just, again, it kind of looks like a Halo thing or something, you know? It's like three dudes standing on a, you know? It looks like, I mean, I, I guess I don't think they're holding guns, maybe. So maybe I wasn't, I didn't pay close enough attention. But I don't know. Yeah, it just looked to me like just another one of those games, you know? Uh, so um, bad job of marketing, perhaps. But sounds fucking awesome and can't wait to play it. <laughs> Step Up from Fantasy Star 2. And you know it's a hot track when it has its own name. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's a good game. I mean, this this had me actually checking the game out, man. It's it's solid. It's solid. I, I don't, like I said, I don't think I've actually played two. I'm pretty sure that was three or four that I would really fucked with on my handheld XD. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Dude, I mean... I've been saying for a while, it's fucking very much, like, just... In, so well regarded that it's just it's got to be good so i mean that's the thing i mean the fact that there is now an mmo on you know mmorpg that's live still an online game spawned from this i'm intrigued i'm intrigued Uh, well i mean i I, yeah i've already said we you know jab and i played that first one it's i mean it's rough sms stuff at times but it (laughs) you know the 
I was definitely all in, like almost immediately all in. Like, okay, yep, this is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Well, it's Genesis too, which obviously I didn't have one, but you know, every time I play a Genesis game now, it's like, oh, the colors that you know, it's nice and vibrant. It's it kind yeah. of draws you in. Yeah, visually. Yeah, so that is. I mean, I didn't know it. Like, I wasn't. I assumed as much, but I wasn't entirely sure. Looking at this cover, uh, this that it was Fantasy Star that we were dealing with here on the cover, but. It is the March 1990 issue. The cover price is 3.95, and it's got yeah, it's got kind of like this this Mountain Dew green motif going on with it, color palette wise. And the key art is an era ambiguous dude with a headband wielding a big ass sword. There is some kind of like a little action scene going on in the reflection of his sword. Maybe like <laughs> like <laughs> maybe him, maybe not with a sword uh, like a. The, the, the guy, I mean, maybe uh, with his sword held above his head and some evil-looking fucker reaching down towards him from above. And I want to, like, <laughs> we probably, if I'm wrong, we will probably get eviscerated by fantasy star enthusiasts. But Dark Falls is the name of the uh, arch nemesis of the first one. And, like I said, it's the only one I've played in depth. So I don't know if he is, like, the dude every time or the the baddie every time but if he is that's probably him <laughs> and, <laughs> and it kind of looks like him based on the uh my recall of, of the final boss battle in final fantasy or in fantasy star the first one it's funny to me because it looks like david hasselhoff i'm like a young a young hoff holding the sword what's that could going be. on here? and and this is <laughs> this is from a time when that could very well have been an inspiration of of an artist to say the least Baywatch is pretty hot and heavy right now, I think. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, it started... Or Knight Rider. Was it Knight Rider? Or, or, or Knight Rider, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Baywatch might have been a little later. Either way. Either way, the Hoff was on the scene. <laughs> yeah. So, the other bullet points go as such. We have Super Graphics from Japan. You'll go nuts waiting to get your hands on these. No idea what Super Graphics is, so I'm listening but uh, the next one is check out 21 Unbelievable New Titles. The three they choose to represent the Unbelievable Collective 21 are Golden Axe, Ghostbusters 2, and Space Harrier. And then the aforementioned Fantasy Star 2 with the subheadline, The Sensational Saga Continues. And the last one is Tons of Tips and Tactics. So first up inside is a couple wait, wait. of... Hold on, Josh. We, we skipped over something very important here. What's that? And perhaps you didn't catch it, but... This is the first time we've seen the links at the top banner on the top there. Oh, my God. Yes. It was not there before. I double-checked. I looked at the last one. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember links up there. Oh. We got Atari. We I thought up with the links. I thought, yeah, I thought. They're on the scene. Yeah, I guess that's kind of in the vibe. Well, what I was going to say, I thought you were going to tell me that they had fixed the thing. The <laughs> no, they did That's why I lost my shit there. <laughs> and I was, no, I was, they're keeping it going. They're, still yeah, they're, they're keeping that rugged. And like you, you point that out, and I want to say, like, it's all—it's kind of frustrating because it is like in line with the thing that bothers me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's like another one now. It's like two examples of the thing that pisses me off about it. But yeah, I guess at least they're staying consistent. You know, say it's like Nintendo, Sega, Turbo Graphics. Genesis, Game Boy, Atari links. Yeah, like Atari should be seven, eight hundred or something. I don't know. Something should be specific. Like you can't have you can't have the 
You can't, the general phylums and the specific, you just can't do it. It's such bits, bugs the shit out of me. It's so fucking stupid. Anyways, uh, well, that's fun. Yeah, Lynx is out. And that's, you know, that's something I've never played with, but like it, it, it has like this little mini appreciation for it. You know, it's just like the problem with it. And I think actually, we, I think we had a, a, a feature and something recently that we were looking at where this is kind of touched on. It's just like, or you and I touched on it rather, but it just didn't have the software support, you know, like the, the actual machine was probably pretty good, but for, especially for the getting out before for this time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Color screen. I mean, you're obviously it's competing with the game boy, but uh, the, the, what the hell is the Genesis one called? The, Oh, and I had one too. Did you? Oh, I yeah, did. Had the TV tuner. Oh my god, I want one of those so bad. Oh, I didn't have one until later. Like I think I had it in New York. Honestly, like, <laughs> that's. Hilarious. I mean, maybe maybe not that late, but I definitely had one. Darn, what was it? I can't believe. Yeah, can't believe can't it. yeah, it's such a. It'll it'll be. It's good. Whatever. This is a pointless thing to try to think of right now because it'll be up constantly for the next three years. It's like a huge thing. But anyways, so inside uh, we have a couple of Taito NES ads: Demon Sword and Sky Shark, both of which we've seen. And Taito is. Absolutely on it with being first up with advertising this mag. They are they are always the inside cover, you know. We've seen a bunch of Operation Wolf ads here, so I don't like I don't know if they they must have a relationship with Sour or something. <laughs> or they're paying premium bucks. It's like, all right, what are you gonna do? You're gonna flip first. Like if anybody's gonna look in this Nintendo Power, they're gonna see my ad first. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it costs a premium for sure. Then we have a two banger from Atari. That pick a fight after school ad that essentially features the games in that one list on the cover of Atari and One that we just did: Xenophobe, yeah. Ram- Xenophobe, Rampage, Double Dragon, and Commando. Yeah, Atari and- hot list. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. And then we get the TOC, and we like the the <laughs> the Fantasy Star cover assumptions are proven correct here uh, because like I wasn't sure that whole cover. I experienced that whole cover. And, like, yes, the bullet point's there. Yes, it has, like, the era ambiguous thing going on with it. But, like, I was not entirely sure I was looking at Fantasy Star art there. And in here, it's it's, it's cemented. Mm-hmm. But but it, it might be. It's cemented in what probably is, I should say, the absolute worst instance of those shit-cropping TOC layout <laughs> jobs we've seen at date. The Fantasy Star one is so bad. Like, like look at that. How, you don't have an eye. What yeah, right. like, how <laughs> the fuck? Who made that decision? Like, that is horrible. Who approved that decision? That's even worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> same thing contents. Yep, that looks, that looks great. Yeah. <laughs> print, all, the print. all set. Yeah, fire that fucker off. Yeah, man. What in the fuck is going on there, man? Like, I just, every month, I just can't, yeah. Every month there's one that's just like, really, man? Like, are they just kids in like a school newspaper fucking thing or something you know like fuck (laughs) or somebody who's back there like yo this is artistic bro this is how it's supposed to look you got like it's off center you just give a little glimpse who are are they selling this to you know yeah i don't know dude it's so bad it's great and this is issue eight man like you know there's yeah it'd be one time yeah, if you want, yeah, it's, yeah, it'd be one thing if it was like, you know, it happened early and they're like, you think someone would be like, man, on, I think this looks like shit, dude. We shouldn't do this anymore. But like, we're eight in. This is almost a year of it they've been doing. They're just like, nope, 
Walking Keem. That's perfect. <laughs> That's exactly how we want that to look. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, weird. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird. On the uh, across the binder there, across the staples, we have a new Kemco Seika ad for Spy vs. Spy on the NES. And this is licensed from the long-running Mad Magazine co- comic, which I absolutely loved as a kid. Are like, were you into Mad Mag as a kid? I was Jeff? not. I, I I saw him from time to time, but yeah, I was. I don't watch him regular or read him regularly. I, was, I mean, I you know, it was like a it was like an extremely short stint of my life, but I loved them for a bit. Like that, those comics, I would like literally, I would I would get it and I would flip through and find these comics were like the one of the first things I would hunt down, and then. The this and cracked, which is like its sister mag. Oh yeah, yeah. Both ha- would have those folding cover art things. Do you remember those? Do you, do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like yeah, yeah you know, uh, the you know the the the, the cover page was like it was like a full illustrate full page illustration that was something, uh, and it had little arrows on it that would tell you like where to fold the thing over to and when you folded it over and and lined up those arrows the new seam would create a new illustration yeah and, and it's really like a satirical spin on what the original illustration was and it's i just fucking love those man they were so fucking cool to me you know and yeah, like this, the magazine in general, it just, I just like, I remember thinking, I was in like my preteen phase, you know, and I just remember thinking it was just so edgy. <laughs> you know, just like, it was such an edgy magazine, you know, and yeah, yeah it's, uh, yeah, I was really, really into it for a short stint. The, the, you know, I hadn't thought about these in any depth in a while, these comics or the, the magazine. So I, I took a wiki dive on this, and the Mad Magazine wiki is exhausting, dude. There is just an unreal amount of history. Like, the magazine was founded in 1952 in NYC by Harvey Kurtzman and ran until 2018 with new satirical content based on, you know, it was, you know, like US culture, politics, entertainment. You know, it's very, it was very almost Saturday Night Live y kind of, but infinitely mm-hmm. edgier you know, in, their, in their spins on it. Uh, the the spy versus spy comic specifically was created in 1961 issue of Mad was its first appearance and it was created by a Cuban expatriate cartoonist this dude Antonio Pro, Prohias maybe Prohias in the uh, and it, he basically you know uh, do like do you know the comic do you know like what the deal of it is not really like I've I've, I've played the game. A little bit before like I, even for this but like when, as a kid like i just kind of i heard about it i think i've even seen the comic maybe and i was just kind of like okay but i didn't really understand it, <laughs> yeah, didn't okay. really get it. well and then the reason yeah. is because it's not like it's funny that it's like a, a young targeted a youthful targeted magazine and intern cartoon because like it's a fucking it's a like the the motivation by me and, and like finding out he was a cuban expatriate in this era, I mean, the Cuban Missile Crisis is 1961, is it not? Like 61 or 62, something like that. I remember. So, yeah, the idea that he was an expatriate coming to the U.S. at that time, the comic, I mean, it's, a, it's about, it's essentially a Cold War now, uh, uh, manifestation. It's like the, the idea is that the, 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 the two spies... Like, they're two completely identical spies, other than their diametrically opposed color palettes, and they're just fighting over dumb shit, 
you know, and it, and it, and it is an uh, an allegory, I believe, is 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 a pro- is a proper word for it of the Cold War between the U.S. and the U.S.S.R. And like, I don't. know, It's just it's such a smart, heavy thing, and like to create something that kids are like. Like I said, I was flipping, looking for those comics, and like the idea that there was this like an, a a theme, an underlying theme that was informed by probably the most global, the most globally important thing going on at that time. You know, like that was that had the world on the precipice of destruction at all times for thirty years, and the idea that like kids were flipping through this comic, enjoying what they thought was just antics you know and the <laughs> and the cartoonist behind it was trying to communicate the stupidity of this globally fucking potentially destructive thing at all times it's like i don't know it's just a it's a really interesting thing you know um so yeah very the the the, the cartoons are pretty cool and and the, i just read more about this this dude like yeah he, he leaves he like just drops into nyc lee after leaving cuba and he, you know, he's like, I don't know, and that's the kind of thing too. Like the idea of a grown man who has decided he wants to be a cartoonist coming out of that fucked up situation at that time is is kind of inconceivable to me. And the idea that he goes to NYC and he just like he just like drops into their office like with these like these with samples of this cartoon idea that he has, and they were just like, "Yep, we're gonna print that. Come on in," and like just fucking. Then he <laughs> they worked with him forever. Till you know, probably till he died, almost. <laughs> you know, like just I don't know, just such a wild story and such an impressively, wow. uh, you know, inspiring thing, really. Uh, to to you know, I'm sure clearly if you're was it expatriate? Ex, what, what, do you, what do you call that? What's the what's the the verb of expatriate? Like you know, like, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Expatriating uh, out of Cuba at that time to the U.S. Uh, probably. A fucked up like the actual story of that is probably incredible <laughs> you know just like him physically getting out of the country and getting to the u.s was probably an incredible story at that time and then going in this is such a cool story uh that yeah the so yeah like i said deep dive in the mad wiki if you were into that set, set aside an entire afternoon if you if you're going to do it to yourself because there's a lot there the video game though is a little basic and i was it was already ported all over creation before hitting the nes but i do have a like, like, I want to say Jab and I rented this one, and I have a pretty fond memory of playing it with him. Like, it's the head-to-head, like, did you ever play the head-to-head thing, or did you just play not, one player? Not with the person. Just yeah, see, player. one player, it's, because you're really just, you're just moving around these rooms finding items that you can use, like bombs and stuff, I think. And it's just like, you're, you're, you're on this a, a relatively small, I believe, map internal map of like a house or something or a building whatever it would be and yeah you're just looking to set traps in things for the other player to find and kill them you know kind of which against the computer because one nes ai blows and two it's just not you're playing you know there's no face to what you're doing but if you're playing head to head and you're sitting next to each other it's it's much more fun. It's you know it's, it's it's still clearly not a complicated game by any length. Like I said, it's just booby traps that you're setting essentially for each other. But because uh, you're trying to find, I think there's like one you got to like find a clue that that generates the win state, and for that reason you kind of need to check everything. So you're you're the other player setting booby traps for you is you know it's just fun. You know it's 
reminds me of the mechanic of the the first Animal Crossing, where you could dig, you could dig holes and plant. I think I talked to Courtney about this, and you might have been in the periphery of the conversation. But the what do you call that? The holes, like the what the hell is it called? A hole, a booby trap, essentially. You, basically, you dig a you could you could like you could plant you could put holes behind like bushes where they couldn't be seen and stuff. So when the players just running around doing their stupid errands and stuff, they would just fall into a hole and it like would slow you slow you down for like five seconds, get a little message where your character's irritated or something, and then pop back out and go what you're doing. But it's just like an irritating thing. And it kind of had that feel to it. Like running around and you're like constantly doing other shit, but every now and again it's just like, ah you motherfucker. <laughs> 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 you know, kind of thing. Uh so yeah. It, Cute game, not bad, but certainly nothing fucking to write home about. The ad is cool though too. I love. I mean, all these. That's again, this is that same ad line as the Shadowgate one with the kid and the things reaching up out of the hole and the rescue embassy mission ad. You know, where the kids like uh, rappelling down out of the out of the helicopter, like this line of similar ad. angle, everything. Like, yep, yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, this works. Keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are digging this one. Yeah, yeah. And this one, yeah, the kid is up above them, and like they're inching together. The two spies are inching together at the corner of a building or, or something. I guess yeah, it's a fire hydrant, so they're on the sidewalk below, and he's up on the building holding two flower pots to drop on both their heads, and that's very in line with what the the humor style. Like it is. They just like half the time they don't. Even, neither one of them wins in the cartoon, you know, because like, and that's again. Going back to the Cold War, no one's gonna win. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, it's 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 a pretty cool ad too. Um, so next up, the letter from the game pros, uh, and that's with the masthead. They they fire you up uh, pretty hard for Fantasy Star Two in here, reminding you that Fantasy Star is easily uh, what they receive the most mail about in this magazine. And they also teach Shinobi hitting the PC Engine in Japan and overseas prospects. And I was expecting that like the quality of that to be absolutely fucking dope you know like the the first shinobi on sms wasn't bad it's one of the better sms games probably and then the genesis one like i said we already talked about doing a game episode on that when we first bumped into it so said more than once like these pc engine games when i diddle with them are often pretty fucking cool looking so uh, i was expecting this to be Pretty hot when I played with it. And the some other SMS fodder hitting Turbo Graphics. They mentioned Space Harrier being released on it too. And then speaking of SMS, Golden Axe is going backwards from that dope ass Genesis uh ISOH um, port of it that we played. And I was just I was I was so intrigued because I was like, how bad is it going to be in comparison? You know, like how much? Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 such a different time too. Well, I don't know. They do it now. Too. I guess I was gonna say it's such a different time, but really, they do. They're doing that now. I mean, like the gen, the the Series X comes out, and three quarters of the games on it for the first six months I've had it are rehashes of the previous generation's games that they're just releasing. They, they're supposedly remastered, not even remastered in a lot of cases. So, you know, supposedly optimized for the Series X. Fuck off. Like it's the same game. <laughs> you know? So it's the same concept, just trying to exploit existing. You know, the, the, like, yeah, well, I guess the really that's a bad example of what this is. Like still releasing games that are compatible with the previous version, essentially, or the previous system, just because 
not enough of your user base has ported over or has moved over to the new system yet. So you need to make software that works on both of them. And clearly that means you're not optimizing yourself for the new one because obviously, you know, so it still happens today, really. Yeah. And then we have a few pages of how retread bullshit and the game pro subscribe page taking us up to the mail. Louis Espinoza of San Diego, California, is writing to berate the mag for providing so many tips. <laughs> the word tips is used so many times in this letter. It is hilarious. <laughs> like, he says he buys games to figure them out for himself and to be challenged. And that's that's fine. So, yeah, so instead of telling Louis to report the person holding a gun to his head while he reads the magazine to the authorities, they kindly explain that many a reader writes in demanding more tips. <laughs> so like they like they 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 actually and they, I love that they go on to say that it often weighs heavily on them deciding how much to reveal about a game and, and that like that's why they don't and they say they don't print maps in the magazine that it, it takes away much of the excitement of exploring the game for yourself, you know. And one I think they're fucking lying. <laughs> and it's really just a significant amount of work to get screenshot maps into a mag at this time and they don't have the resources that Nintendo Power has. So I think that's really what mm. the chief reason that maps aren't in the magazine, you know. But yeah, it's funny that he's like bitching. Like why, you know, like, why are you reading the magazine then, dude? Like <laughs> like it's a fucking tip magazine. It says on the cover, hot tips and tricks. Like that's the that's what the whole thing is <laughs> you, that, you should not be doing what you're doing at right. all yeah, it's not the mag for you dude you should find another mag <laughs> yeah so i love that one i don't know i need the letters do anything for you otherwise oh man no louis note was the note i mean that was the, clearly the highlight word so we have from there ads for Acclaim's Double Dragon 2 and Jalico's Hoops, both of which we've seen many times, taking us to the cutting edge, where the Wiz breaks down PC Engine console iterations hitting shelves in Japan. And it seems like a lot of bullshit, really. Did you read this closely? Did you really parse yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, like, <laughs> like the first two seem like they're just the same system with new casings, like much like the, the late stage Genesis releases, the MK2 and 3s, and then the NES redesigns in the U.S., like the, the top loader one that kind of looked more like the SNES than the original front-loading NES. And then the latter, the Super Graphics, is also, like, it's just an 8-bit deal, but they've bumped the onboard RAM from 8K to 32K. And, like, I mean, you know, that that is, you know, at this time, that's a significant difference power-wise. Uh, once games hit that took advantage of it, but one... Again, just like we were talking about <laughs> the fucking Xbox. Like, it's that hadn't ha occurred yet for sure. And it was almost twice the cost as the others, you know? So it just, I don't know. It, it, it kind of, it's, it's very, very like the Genesis 32X. It's like you're like kind of cannibalizing your own fucking user base and like splitting up people's willingness to spend money on things. It's just, it's, it's so co confusing the whole thing. Like, at the very <laughs> beginning. I was like, oh, they got three new systems coming out. Like, oh, what is this? Yeah, wild, right, you get yeah. here, and I'm like, I don't understand what this spread is telling me about. Like, are you <laughs> so you now you have this eight bit version to take advantage of the big library of existing games? Okay, but, but, this is not. But, you're not telling me you get an extra different systems. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, but you're like you have more power, but you're you're. Like, I don't know. Like, are you telling me that the these games are running poorly on the previous one? <laughs> like because that is the only way this thing would have any utility you know it's like 
the old school PC gaming environment, like the the late 90s, where, you know, you could buy a game. Like, when you bought a game, that little side panel, and I, I remember I, you know, I had, like, that shitty-ass two megabyte of RAM IBM PS2. So, like, when I would go to the fucking Best Buy or something, dude, I'm, like, looking at those labels, like, I know the exact number of... of yeah. Yeah, like, and like I know, like he was like, it's not gonna work. <laughs> so like, yeah. So they have like the minimum system requirements, yeah. and then the optimum system requirements, and like essentially what that's telling you, like minimum system requirements, your computer will let you install it, it will start up, but it's probably gonna be a miserable experience, <laughs> you know. Whereas optimal is it's gonna run like a real game, you know. So I mean, that's kind of what this sounds like to me, like. And I, you know, I don't haven't played enough Turbo Graphics to know whether or not games are running poorly on it. I assume and hope not, but otherwise, I, yeah, I, I struggle to see. I mean, yeah, clearly down the line, games are going to come out that utilize that four times RAM offering. But you know, and again, it, uh, and we'll see how it pans out. But I mean, that was the thing with the 32X. Like they released this thing, and it's you know a pretty expensive peripheral. It looks stupid, and the added difference of those games and all this extra incurred cost doesn't appeal to people enough for it to be really supported. So in turn, Sega pulls back from really supporting it. So nothing really ever ends up getting onto it. Like doom is the only game I can think of that anyone's ever said is any, has any purpose at all of owning a 32 X, you know, and now that you mention it. Yep. I do remember that. <laughs> and, Fuck wants to play Doom on Genesis. Like I'm, you know. <laughs> so if you yeah. had a Genesis only and no PC, there you go. Otherwise, yeah. no. And, and I'm sure there was no shortage of kids. That probably, I'm sure that game sold like fucking gangbusters. So, but in the macro, it's I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Next is a two banger from Asmic, and it's that four player tennis title for the NES we talked about recently with the tennis players I'd never heard of in my life, Chris Everett and Ivan Lindell. And they dedicate an entire page to introducing a cute little pink dinosaur company mascot they're calling Boomer. So they're, I don't know, like, they're, I guess they're really expecting to blow big on the NES. Like, they need to they need to create a whole new branding for this, this NES phase of their existence, you know. After that, we have Overseas Prospects, and it's covering that Shinobi's PC Engine release in Japan. And funny enough, on firing it up, the first company card, like the, the company card thing, was ASMIC. And it had the cute little pink dinosaur standing next to it in the frame. <laughs> so it's, it's funny. Like again, like they're like, yeah, you see this a lot where they, the they piggy the companies piggyback their advertising with coverage, which probably means they paid for the coverage too, you know. But like, you see that a lot with the the this third party mag stuff, you know, where they like they, the companies really tried to double down on on, on driving something home, advertising wise. The I assume you, you you still haven't fucked, turned on any TurboGrafx stuff, have you? Nope, not enough. Dude, you should you should download that. It's it's the the emulator is Turbo Engine. Uh, just like some of the you know some of these games like this where it it has so much meaning to even the the Genesis or Nintendo stuff that we talk about. Uh, some of the games are are pretty cool, but this game fucking blows though. Like <laughs> like compared, <laughs> compared to Shinobi Two on Genesis, I mean. It's probably better than the first one on SMS, but you could probably sit with a you know a piece of paper and point out the things that are better, and like it's probably pretty comparable, you know. But yeah, like compared to the Genesis, it's a joke. So I don't know. Clearly, this isn't utilizing the 32x fucking version of the Turbo Graphics. But yeah, I don't even 
I, I was expecting much more, I guess, again, because I've, I've, I've seen some pretty cool shit out of that PC Engine stuff I've diddled with. This was not well, one of them. My whole philosophy with Turbo Graphics is since I didn't own it as a kid, it was one of those things where, and we've talked about it, oh, this looks cool, they boast superior graphics and this and that, and then because nothing cool ever happened on it, it just kind of faded away. So unless there's like a gem on here, I'm not going to go out of my way to play Turbo Graphics. Yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah, that's yeah. Just you know, there's there's definitely the software's you know they, that didn't get anywhere near the level of software support, so you're not going to find that there. But you know, but again, just every now and again, they are visually impressive games compared to what the eight bit offerings are. Otherwise, you know, and it's tough to it's it's only going to get clearly because we're now we're hitting sixteen bit stuff like that. The the imp- impressiveness of it is only going to go downhill from here. But we have a couple of new Vic Tokai NES ads that are worked in here afterwards conflict and gogol 13 or a gogol 13 sequel the mafat conspiracy and their games have absolutely sucked ass to date but their ads are incredibly interesting like do you remember the the one the the last gogol ad we spent a lot of time on with the guy in front of the car with the girl and the yeah the panther walking out in front from the car like where's that panther coming from you know so yeah the their ads are, are pretty cool the conflict ad has a couple of kids playing video games and like a what I would call a customary 80s military command center, probably a mainframe. And it's <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely the command center. <laughs> right. And there's a couple of officers behind them looking on at what they're doing on the screen, you know. And this is a March new release, and it is described as a turn-based top-down strategy game on Moby. And you know, that you pack all those words into a game i'm like holy shit what do we have cooking here i'm listening what do you got for me and it appears to be like a new bunga's ambition did we decide that i'm pronouncing that wrong no bunga no bunga no no bunga's i think it no bunga okay yeah i think you're right okay i thought we had a whole discussion about that (laughs) pronounced at one point anyways new bunga's ambition level military strategy sim and, and it looks probably i mean you know much like Dubuggins Ambition, like pretty decently done for an NES strategy military game, but no, like, <laughs> like I was like watching, it, I was like, ah, uh, there's just no way you can't. It's just so far away from what a strategy game needs to be to be engageable in 2021 that like it's just there's just no way to even try to to, to give it a fair shake. Yeah, like I have Civ Six. And I even have Civ 2 if I really want to turn back the clock, yeah, <laughs> you know, to the late 90s. And even that, clearly, that's just infinitely better. So just no. But it is an intriguing idea that to, uh, putting these these really hardcore simulation games in NES. And and again, I said every time we've encountered them, like, I just wish I could. The one, like, New Orleans Ambition was one I experienced. And again, like, I, I was that I didn't I don't think I knew what I was doing. But I was definitely, I would definitely, I remember renting New Bunga's Ambition, like, and, like, sitting there and, like, spending an entire weekend, like, trying to grasp it. Because <laughs> it was intriguing enough to do that. But, you know, like, I, I wish I could, these ones that I hadn't bumped into, I wish I could, there was some way to, like, experience them in that context, because it's clearly not doable now. Yep. Same. I feel the exact same way. <laughs> Verbatim. Yeah. Yeah. The Google 13 sequel doesn't hit till June, but the artwork is great for it. It's like a, a spy protagonist protecting a dime piece damsel in distress behind him from various ambiguously depicted and moodily colored spy stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like fucking 
the Eiffel Tower satellite, just like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> if you were to just like take the, if, if someone were to send you the art department breakdown of every James Bond movie ever put into one list, you know what I mean? Like literally just a list of things that the art department had to put on screen for every James Bond movie ever. Just a list, a text list of it. Every one of these things would be just on that little, you just, something you could just check mark. Like, yep, got that one. <laughs> you know, like, it's, just, it's just funny how stock uh, spy it is to me. Yeah. That's great though. It's great. Yep. I, I love the, so in the, every, most of their ads have like that kind of mail-in component to them, you know? The, the usually, usually it's just like the corner thing you cut off, but this one, they go in the extra mile with like the styling of it. And this, well, they, they, the, the conflict one is for a poster and th this one, it's shaped like a movie ticket and it says sneak preview across the top. So it's like, again, kind of using that spy thing, like a James Bond movie is exactly what they're going for there. You know, like this is a James Bond movie and here's a ticket to it. You know what I mean? And that's, that's pretty fucking cool. I think to, to even style to go the extra mile and styling the mail-in component of your ad is is very commendable. the The reader is implored implored in it to mail the thing in the ticket in for a secret tip, whatever that might be, for a game that's not even out yet. But anyhow, next is a, a new one, a full pager for a one nine hundred number that is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> it is one nine hundred n i n the number 10 do so one nine hundred nintendo and i mean does shit get any more clever than that jay <laughs> like have you found anything in your life that is more clever than that one nine hundred number <laughs> I, I wonder how much money this ad costs parents like <laughs> uh unreal i, I, I I've, I've told my one nine hundred spider-man story on here a few times already i'm pretty sure you were exposed to it once like yes this ad for sure cost parents some money like i can't it, it really in hindsight yeah i can't believe they were allowed to advertise these in like i can't believe there wasn't some regulation that prevented this if you think about it because it's like clearly it says to get your parents permission at the bottom zero kids did that <laughs> like zero kids zero kids are getting any parents permission because no parent is going to tell you it's okay to piss money up the wall on something this stupid. And, like, I don't care how rich you are. Like, in fact, the more rich you are, the smarter your dad probably is. And the more he'd be like, no fucking way. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, just no fucking way. So the unless, artwork... Unless, wait, unless it goes the other way. And he's just like, ah, whatever to make you happy. Like, he's yeah, just uninvolved. Yeah, you know? Shut up and get out of my face. Go call whatever. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I guess that's possible. The the artwork is some dude with chaos going on in his living room. He's holding a touchtone phone, and it looks like a, a computer mouse attached to an NES-ish little box thing. And <laughs> the headline reads, Power Beyond Your Fingertips. Call and hear how the pros battle their way to victory. So here's how this works. <laughs> you call from your touchtone phone. Your 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 you rotary phone peasants can't get in on this hot shit. FYI, you got to, you have, you have to have the you have to have a touchstone phone or you're fucked. And the you you pick the category you want to hear. So they have like a list here: action, adventure, sports, the classics, you name it. And then plus you also get you also get info on the following categories: hot new releases, killer contests, free newsletter, high scorers club. 
Two dollars first minute, seventy-five cents each. Just don't forget to call your parents. Don't you know, give a fuck. Just call and give us money. <laughs> you know, like at the bottom there, in a little fine print. And man, yeah, dude, I was, I just like, I, I might have spent a half hour just like marveling at this ad, dude. I could, I posted on the socials. I was just like thinking, and then like I went down in a fucking rabbit hole of one nine hundred stuff, dude. So yeah, like I miss one nine hundred ads so much, man. Like. I just my I have like none of them are explicit enough to cite, but like my memory of these things, like the one nine hundred late night commercials and shit, just like there's just they're incredible. They're just like even as a kid, you're sitting there just like I can't like un like it's just so different than everything else that would be on your TV, you know? Like so bad and so poorly produced and just so they're marketing insane things, whether it be clearly the sex lines or like the it's just, yeah, it's just crazy shit. They're all like, and like thinking about that stuff, it occurred to me that there was zero doubt that there'd be endless video YouTube compilations of these fucking things just in perpetuity, right? So there I go on that. And there was. And holy shit, they're mind blowing, man. Like, there's a channel for it. There's a channel called 900 Number Commercials, is the like the 900 hyphen number commercials. Link to that will be in the show notes. And good fucking luck not losing a couple hours of your life if you go there. Like, I, one of them is our, we'll get to one <laughs> later, but like, unreal, dude. Just like the shit and like, I didn't even remember. And yeah, you're young, so like, not all things land on you and, and stick, but like, looking at them as an adult, holy shit, dude. Like, unreal. Unfucking real. We'll watch one later, but unfucking real. Like, Set some time aside and go down that rabbit hole because it's you. I just cannot promise you with more <laughs> certainty <laughs> that you will enjoy yourself. You go check, <laughs> you go check that channel out. Holy All right, shit. then. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit. Then we have that hot Bandai Dig Dug 2 ad that we have seen before and uh, appreciated before the Adventures of Game Pro comic. And this is Chapter 7, Ghouls and Ghosts. They work in some shit that could very, very loosely be called tips towards the end. Mm. And uh, I enjoy how... <laughs> so when they, they reference Blaster Master in it, late in, like towards the end there, and there's a footnote directing you to Chapter 4 of the saga... As if you just can't conceive of the reference otherwise. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. It's just so excessively, I don't know. It's so unnecessary. Hey, to they're me. being true to their comic book, you know, uh, well, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> well, no, what do you mean? They, that, that's the thing. That's the point. Like, Marvel Marvel Comics, 50 years. And they'll, you know, they probably, I'm sure they reference shit from 30 years ago sometimes. And they're just like, you either know it or you don't, uh, like, you know, whatever, like moving on, you know? But like these guys feel the need, like, you need to consult back to, it's, it's, you know, I don't know, maybe like, that's what makes it great. That's what <laughs> <I'm> like. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, you know, there's, I guess there's a minute potential that there's some like internal dialogue where they're like, well, it could sell a back issue. Like do that, you know, <laughs> you know, like something like that's, that's potential, I guess, but that's like the best possible explanation for it. I can give uh, at the end here. It, it kind of looks like Todd Reno is maybe headed back to earth. It's kind of exciting. Mm -hmm. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> finally. Story is taking a major turn. 
And after that, we have a couple of Kim Kosega ads we've seen, the Rescue Embassy Mission and Shadowgate ones we mentioned before, and that closes out Act 1 of Game Pro 8. the super dodgeball title theme and NES Pro Views kick shit off here in Act 2 uh, as they always do about this time. Koei's uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms is first up, a strategy simulation game that is basically Nobunga's Ambition 2. And it looks like it has a lot going on like all these strategy games do. The, the wind-up paragraph describes it as probably one of the most complex strategy roleplay carts around. It's almost impossible to finish a scenario in one sitting, but you don't worry, or but don't worry, you can save your game. So yeah, it's gonna take a while. And then they point out there is an eye towards education in the game, and I dig that. I remember seeing the preview for this some time ago, and they they kind of touching on that Koei's like mission statement of sorts for for a lot of their games are uh, historically. Uh, informative, educational-minded, you know, which is cool. Nice. And, and a niche that is otherwise, I think, probably untapped at this time. So that was a cool idea. Nice. The MSRP for this baby is 64.50, though, and that is fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> that is super expensive. Activision's Ghostbusters 2 is up next, and I, I think it's out. Moby just says 1990. Who fucking cares? Let's talk Ghostbusters 2. This is, <laughs> this is based on the major motion picture of the same name and numeral, where the Ghostbusters battle Vigo, Scourge of Carpathia, <laughs> and, his, and his mounting rivers of angry mood slime in the sewers beneath NYC. Who are you going to call, Jay? Ghostbusters! No. Vintage, no? vintage Bill Murray. <laughs> That's who you're going to call here. The MSRP for this is $44.95, and the movie is fucking great, man. Um, the game is not, but not the movie great. is great. Absolutely great. The game has some stellar music. I will tell you that. Like, like sure. even the infographics, like the sound, it's like, okay, you know, this is definitely Ghost, Ghostbusters. Yeah. But that's about where it stopped for me. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's like, yeah. There's a lot of great cutscenes. Like, there's cool pixel art. There's cool set pieces, and yeah, they have a fantastic rendition of the th of the theme song that everyone's heard. And I'm not gonna drop it in here because you can think of it. And you can you can hear it in full force in your head right now as I'm talking about it. I don't need to play it. But the game is just a dog shit side scrolling action platformer. Is really all it amounts to. And they even pack in some awful driving sequences that are probably worse. You know, to uh, <laughs> up the shit ante on it, you know? And, yeah, I remember renting as a kid, feeling completely wronged and never trusting another thing in this cruel, cruel world ever again, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the game the game is a, a massive letdown. Oh. Uh, movie's great, though, yeah. The, the, the how... This was, like... Well, so yeah, 1990. Yeah, I, I want to say I was in fourth grade when this hit. Like I remember, I remember like uh, there's a, there's some Scholastic Book Club shit that I can't quite put my finger on. I was trying to Google it and find it, but yeah, there's some Scholastic Book Club shit that I remember that I had for this, and like I was just I don't know. It was just like it, I was I was it had me. It absolutely had me. You know, I was I was fucking just entranced by this movie. The movie was good. 
Absolutely good. I mean, it's it's Ghostbusters. Like, why would you not? <laughs> yeah, right. It's Ghostbusters. Like Slimer. Like, yeah, yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's you know, it even because, and again, this was like, I haven't watched it in a long time, and I was I was trying to find a clip to drop in here, and I couldn't find anything that was good for for cutaway purposes. But the I was trying to find some good Bill, Bill Murray shit, but. You know he's got he's got some monologues and stuff, but nothing that really uh, stand alone with, without context really worked for me. There's like the baby scene where he's playing with the baby when they go to Sigourney Weaver's apartment. Him and him and I think maybe uh, Elon is it or not Elon e- Egon Spangler? Egon. Yeah, e- yeah, Egon Spangler. So yeah, the, the, there's you know, a bunch of good scenes I found, but nothing that would would work. It's just like a quip from him. Anyways, the you know I was so I haven't watched it. Or maybe realized I hadn't watched it in a long time. But like in my recall of it, it seemed like I don't know compared like compared to the first one as a kid, and this is probably just because it's six years later or whatever. But the second one seemed. Like, I don't know, like the real version of Ghostbusters. Like the first one was like. I don't know, it was, it, you know, it didn't it, it didn't feature Winston as much. And like it, there's it, just, it seemed to de- like the first one seemed I guess what I'm going to hear. The first one seemed to deviate from what I understood as the IP more than the second one did. You know what I mean? Like. Because again, Winston wasn't a major part of the first one. He like comes in later as like a higher like. Whereas the the, 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 the second one, he's you know they're like the Ghostbusters. You know, the first one is about them like become. It's like it's like the prologue almost. Ah, uh, yeah. And, okay. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I guess maybe a better way to put it. So yeah, the second one just rang truer to me to what I thought of as the Ghostbusters. Because I, you know, I had the dude, I had the action figures. Like those action figures were fucking dope, man. Oh, With the man, fucking yeah. the ecto slime and shit. Those were so fuck. I had the ecto. I had the car. I had. I didn't have the firehouse. I was so envious. A buddy of mine had the firehouse. I remember fucking being so envious of him. But I had a ton of the toys. A lot of them had the. You know, a lot of them would use. Like I remember, I had this orange one. That it was like two. It, it was in two pieces, and it was like this big orange blob kind of thing with this big, like a big fanged mouth, and you could put the ecto slime inside of it, and like the way it went together. The piston that connected the two, see a thieves is on thing right now, by the way. But the, the 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 piston that connected the two parts, I guess. Yeah, we should probably say that we're we're both watching the Xbox Microsoft E3 thing while we podcast. So if we lose our train, <laughs> of, if we lose our train of thought and don't seem like we're paying attention to what we're doing, that's why. <laughs> but but yeah, the yeah, so like the piston inside when you pushed it down would like push the 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 slime up into the head. Of the blob, and it would come. Oh, I down remember that. And like, yeah, yeah, and like drip, drip down in his mouth, you know. And there's like that fucking just yeah. such a cool toy mechanic, you know. And there, yeah, there were a lot of a lot of things that use that ecto slime to somehow. Who love slime? Yeah, yeah who just yeah, exactly. Who that, that slime, yeah, that, that slime was fucking fantastic. It's like the stuff you could get. You, you could get it out of the like the little twenty five percent machines the same stuff that was in those it was everywhere exactly then. but but they, they they it was it clearly fit into the branding of what ghostbusters was perfectly you know especially like they, that that bright green color too that special color like yeah. i had the I, I had the pink and the blue ones actually okay okay but yeah they had a bunch of colors of it It was fantastic and like the the little yeah the little they came in what looked like play-doh containers those little plastic 
drums with the but yeah the 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 slime containers came with a little ghost in them like in the slime you know this is such a fantastically market and they had the the car of course as all toy lines did back then the cartoon they had the cartoon that came out and like there's a whole thing about the ip of that they had to call that the real ghostbusters oh my gosh for some reason or another and yeah did did you watch those oh yeah yeah. I, i remember that like watching ghostbusters and it being some weird other crew and being like this is so different no, no, no! It was the same was, crew. They just couldn't, they, they just couldn't use the same. No, 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 no! There were two different shows. There was a different show called like The Ghostbusters that I watched that had completely different people. Oh, really? I don't remember doing that. stuff. That's, hilarious, yeah. That's why when the real Ghostbusters, like in my head, I can remember like the tagline, "Welcome back to the real Ghostbusters." <laughs> the the ABC, like, yeah, I it was that, a yeah. different show that was freaking different. Right. But they were also Ghostbusters. Yeah, I did not know that. I, I thought it was just some shit with the, yeah. you know, the the movie IP. They weren't allowed to use it or something. That's hilarious. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize there, that. There's some. There's definitely something there because there was a di- a different show, and it was on at the same time. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Yeah, probably when the other <laughs> the other show realized that they were trying to do it, like they were like, we can definitely fucking ride that coattail. <laughs> you know, like we need to do everything we can to confuse people. <laughs> you know, and exploit this opportunity. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I was just fucking just head over heels about this shit. So I was when this game sucked, I was just like so defeated inside. <laughs> I was looking at screenshots and there's like a I saw one screenshot where they're like that you control the Statue of Liberty through the harbor and like that's such a cool thing. But you, you know, it's like late in the game. It's like, you know, I've never in a million years get that far in because the game sucks so bad. But bummer, bummer, bummer. And next is another licensed title. LJN's X-Men. Oh, man. Your favorite. Your favorite game. We're doing this for our next episode. Let's go. Call us. (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about this. This is a terrible game of an amazing fucking property at one of its coolest narrative moments. I love this particular X-Men squad of Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Storm, Iceman, Cyclops. I said Cyclops last here because fuck Cyclops. But I'm reading the copy here in the magazine as I walk into with that opinion, right? And I find myself digging what I'm reading. I like that they acknowledge the ever-changing nature of the X-Men team members. Like, they're aware. Even the people writing the article are aware of the X-Men story universe, you know? So I'm like, dig that. And I, I like the the playing up of the powers each character wields in the game. I love how they, they talk about it being set up to be a great couch co-op experience. And that you and a buddy playing as X-Men together. And... Then I was like, fuck, like these LGN pricks are doing it to me again. <laughs> They're getting me to buy in again, even now as I read the magazine 30 years later, just like I did numerous times in my childhood. And, and, and then I'll turn it on and I'll be reminded it's a total fucking dumpster fire of a game and that they're like – heinous cunts for doing this to me and shitting all over this amazing IP again. Like, I was like, I, I did, I was like two-thirds into the article and I was like, I slammed the table I was like, fuck! <laughs> yeah, like, oh, dude, it's like, it's just, it's such a tragedy, man. Oh, fuck you, but LJN. They, they, see, they keep emphasizing, like, teaming up with someone. Like, I wonder right. if that would make it fun. Like, it almost <laughs> makes it seem like they're saying, by yourself? Yeah, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna <laughs> suck. Right, and what, yeah, that's the that's the because you because even when you play as one person, even when you play one player, there you have there's two fuckers like you have like two X Men are together, and like that's <laughs> that like the concept of that is awesome. That like even as a one player game, you're still a team of X Men, and like that is 
really cool. But the AI of your CPU, of your NPC, is beyond useless. And you could, I think you can switch between them. So you can take control of the one if he's doing something particularly stupid. But clearly, I mean, obviously, like that, you know. Especially, again, That's not the a, ideal situation. Adam. No, yeah. As a kid, too, especially, like, fucking Christ, man. Like, running two tracks in your mind while you're playing this awful game. Like, get out of here. You know? So, yeah. Fuck you, LJN. I'm not playing your dog shit X-Men Abomination, and I hope you die in a ditch for releasing it. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god. Yeah. Next up is a two-banger on Atari Mindscape joining uh, joint Road Blasters. <laughs> something, let's talk about something happy here. I've never played this before, this Road Blasters game. Have you ever seen this before? No, I've never, never seen it before. I mean, I think I think I'd seen it in an arcade. Like, I think it was an arcade port, but I've never played it. It's Atari. It probably, it probably is, yeah. The the feature outlines it as a dystopian road racing game, kind of like a Mad Max deal, and the MSRP is forty nine ninety five. So I fired this baby up, man, and like I don't know if I was just in a weakened state, like a state of mind after the emotional whirlwind of the X Men saga, but but I really enjoyed playing this game, dude. Like the the controls are fantastic, and like you know it's it's, it's so it's like this kind of it's that like not pers- uh, first person perspective, but kind of like that angled back behind the car playing a perspective like the road comes at you in like this perspective that gets bigger as it as it it approaches right so usually in those man the turning mechanics of those games are usually you know you're just trying to figure out like the exact position you hold the controller in every time to take the exact same angle turn every time you know and this like i felt like the turning mechanics were varied and semi-unique on every turn where, you know, and that obviously is, you know, that is the thing about racing games that make them engaging. Like, you know what I mean? Like the variance of the world as you try to go through it quickly, you know, is, is, is critical that there's not a dependable lack of variance to it, you know? So, um, that was really cool about this, I thought. And the, the enemies I encountered and the couple races I did were also varied and they didn't behave in dumb as fuck ways. You know, they had like the AI was seemingly, especially by NES standards, not bad. And the finish line music ditty is really hot. Brother Ben P-Track actually dropped into the Facebook page, which I didn't know he was even keen on and appreciated that track, Jay. So I don't, know if nice. you clock, I don't know if you clock that or not, but I, I know uh, I don't often say this about Avid Racing games, but this is fun and it's fucking Ooh. better than X-Men for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, not so, yeah. bad. It's not bad. Looking at the copy like made me want to play the game. Like I was just like, eh, whatever, a racing game. But I was looking at the copy. and I was like, all right, well, I, I'll I fire it up. It was, it was a fun little racing shooter. Like. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Like even I posted the clip of me, you know, with getting to the finish line on the one thing, and there was like, and it's amazing to me that it even conveyed in just the video form, not actually playing it. But like, there was like a, I think I think it was like a fuel pickup, and. Though, like the the those pickups don't move, like they're not stationary on the track, you know. Thankfully, especially because you would just fly by them. You're going fast as shit in the game. So, leading up to the track, like I kind of like cleared out all the enemies, I guess, or got past where they were, and there was still this fuel thing. And like you don't, I didn't even know that the finish line was up there yet. But like 
in this when I'm playing this part in when in, in the game. I'm like the, the the fuel thing is is like just slightly not as fast as me. So like I'm not blowing into it and picking it up. It's like just out of reach. And like mm-hmm. I'm like I can remember like I'm holding the you know I don't even know if the up button would, was doing anything, but it's like that mechanic where you're like let's go get that fucking thing. And like it took so long to get to it, and there was so much. It built anticipation, you know. And like that's a very small nuance gameplay mechanic thing again going back to the thing i've said just a million times that that those kitchen boys talked about how like just creating a thing while you're playing that maybe you don't even know is happening to you but like something that is like enjoyable at like a you know a fucking just a subconscious level you know like you don't even know you're appreciating the thing that you're appreciating as you're appreciating it but those little things built into games are what makes them fun especially a game that is you know doesn't have some sort of really engaging story or whatever. If it's just kind of like a gameplay game, like you have to have those little things in there. And yeah, it's just like, even in the video though, you can feel it's just like, get it, come on, get it, get it, get it, get it. And then I got it just before I got to the finish line. It's just like, it was so satisfying. Even in video form, it's satisfying to watch, you know? (laughs) So yeah, it's, uh, I think think a pretty damn good game, uh, particularly for racing, I think, uh, of this era. But again, I was so, I was so emotionally damaged at the time. It's hard to look at it with. (laughs) this one make my this one made my thumb my thumbs hurt like i don't know if it was like you know like trying to get those things but i was afterwards i was like what am i doing wrong like normally my thumbs don't hurt like what is happening that's a good nintendo game if you if it gives you nintendo thumb it's a good nintendo game simple as that if you're trying that hard you're into it you know (laughs) that's that's an indicator of of interest and fucking wanting wanting success Uh, our boy John Sauer is carrying us into a sure letdown with a two-banger on Golden Axe for the SMS, given our uh, recent game up uh, Genesis iteration. And I can barely fucking read the white this white text on an atomic orange background. This is, again, just a horrific uh, magazine layout design decision here. <laughs> you know, like, I, like I, even though I'm, again, look, I just can't even kind of like, barely read that text. And I don't I know. Think- maybe- I think the blue pro tips are worse. Like I can't, I cannot, I literally cannot. (laughs) It's almost like there's this weird sun effect. (laughs) Right, right, right. Are you, are you, are you colorblind at all? Like, I don't know. No, I don't think so. But like, I I don't know why it's really hard to read. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I am either. Like I can see it. It's not that like, I, you know, if I really focus on, I can see it, but I, yeah, like, and I don't know enough about the colorblind stuff i like i said i don't think i am at least not in any significant way they the so like i don't know if but i feel like this might conflict with it you know what i mean like if you are colorblind, <laughs> i feel like you might look yeah look at this and just be like what <laughs> it's like a blank page of some color or something you know like yeah it's it's a really bad contrast for sure so they point out a jumping attack, or yeah, a jumping attack is more powerful and three times faster an attack than a normal one, and that is a true fact. I quickly gleaned from the Genesis version in our playthrough, so I, I, I appreciated that they pointed that out. The price is not available. Like, they don't have the, MS, the MSRP. It says not available, and it's I guess that's just because it's too hot for commerce. Like, I don't know. Like, what, do they, what do they mean? They don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's weird to me. It's out. thinking about it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's out though. It's dumb. It's because it's out. You know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, and there's, yeah, there's a couple more in the Genesis realm that they don't, or the, the Sega realm they don't have for that. And it's, it's fucking weird to me. Uh, so I, I did fire this up. Did you fire it up to, to take a look at it? No, after, no, I'm not going uh, backwards on that. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> I did just, just for the novelty of it, I did. Yeah. And it, dude, I mean, to be complete, you know, 
it's much better. Like my expectation was yes, just like truck fire. And like it's yeah, it's it's much better than that. And it played pretty damn well, dude. Like, like I'm sure that Sega Tots that hadn't made the jump to 16-bit era were pleased with this. Like, I bet kids that got this, even if they like had played the golden egg. I mean, you know, if you played the the 16-bit version one at your buddy's house in the Genesis and you like went home and you told your mom you wanted Golden Axe and you got Golden Axe for SMS. If you had if you had a first-hand experience of the 16-bit version and you were expecting the same, there was probably some level of like, oh man, the same, the fucking same. Like I can't tell my buddies. <laughs> I can't I can't tell my buddies about this. <laughs> you know, like there's probably some level of that. But if you were just like, I want to play Golden Axe and you you weren't exposed to the 16-bit version and you got this, I think you 100% would enjoy it, and, 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 and especially because you, you know, you're only playing SMS anyway, so compared to most SMS games, great, like really, really good. The like, There's a couple minute differences that I'm sure are just, you know, limitations, cart storage-wise or whatever. You can't pick different characters. You, you're just the main dude, Axe Battler, or whatever the hell his name is. So you're automatically okay. the, the, the warrior, and instead of that character selection system you pick the type of magic you want so you can still pick the different types of magic of all three characters but it's like okay. a, you, you, you select that from a menu in the beginning instead of a different character and, and that dictates the the eso they're online are you are you even paying attention jay no yeah so that's i'm very much familiar with that <laughs> <laughs> i don't need, i don't need to be yeah, don't even tease me on that that's funny so yeah the, the animation of course is a little choppy compared you know comparatively because it's sms and anytime yeah they do like high action stuff on sms especially with good sprites graphic work whatever it's always a little the frame rate's never really great and that's suffers from that too but very playable and much better than i i thought it would be in all honesty so i'm sure i'm sure i i feel like it's like uh kind of like commando for atari for me you know like i didn't play the nes version I played the Atari version and it was freaking fantastic to me. I loved it. Like, I'm sure if I played the NES one first, I'd probably be like, oh man, you know, but like I played only the Atari one. So, and I love that one. So yeah. I'm sure. So. Good enough. Yep. So we move right out of SMS and into Genesis with the cover ditty next fantasy star two and the get the game. They've been pushing hard this entire episode. Yeah. Or, yeah. Our yeah, magazine. Just, yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> They get the most letters day. They have to. I mean, they're just, yeah. they're just appealing to the public. There's no no internal initiative. There's no bias, nothing. It's just they're just answering the requests. The opening line of the feature is, it's here, with two exclamations, not just one. And this is also coming to us from our boy John Sauer. So just more table setting for John Sauer taking over the Genesis or the, the Sega realm, you know. It's just funny how, like, Everything that has anything to do in the Sega realm, this dude is just like the dude, you know. And and that's that's clearly a director. I mean, the fact that he was running the newsletter, they were probably like, "You have to do all the Sega stuff if you come here." <laughs> that's the way it's going to be, you know. So it makes perfect sense. It's just funny to me that we clocked it, realized it, and then know where it's going. And it's just how, you know. I, I guess I guess maybe the fascination is more so just, just this was happening. Not that I was reading Game Pro or the, the newsletters, but like the, this was this was setting up. Like that, that we see the development uh, timeline happening of what would become such a big 
the Sega visions that, you know, like I, when I, when I made the jump to Sega and I started getting those Sega visions and like stopped reading Nintendo power and, and, and stopped playing Nintendo and got it and went to like, you know, the dark side, essentially you know, <laughs> that whole thing, like seeing that the stars lining up to create that opportunity that I didn't realize even, you know, there was like, to me, it just like, it appeared and that, you know, came into my world. There's clearly no, no, no knowledge of, of where it came from. The, its origin story, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just cool to see it developing. I enjoy, I'm enjoying the shit out of seeing that happen. But so the story for Fantasy Star 2 is set 1,000 years in the future from ISOH game alum, game app alum, Fantasy Star. So needless to say, some shit has changed and it's for the worse. They close out by saying that it's expensive as fuck, <laughs> but you can count on months of incredible role play action. And the game comes with an extensive tip book for the game. So that's, you know. Kind of just like on the Dragon Warrior side, how, you know, like they they knew it needed documentation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they needed an additional tool to make this land the way they hoped and wanted it to land. And and that's commendable like to, to, under, to, have, to understand of your product to that degree and, and to make the extra effort to make it work is, is I, I, I like that a great deal. Dude, yeah. I had to. They, they, they hooked me. I started a game up. So I started it up. No, no, we're gonna play yes. this. We're definitely gonna play this. Don't start it us. up. Started talking to people in the town. <laughs> I realized I realized I need like a strategy guy, and I need to <laughs> approach this the full right way. So I paused. Okay, okay, good, okay, good. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, because yeah, that's yeah, I, I, I haven't even. I mean, I don't even think I've turned on the title screen of two. Yeah, so it will be a completely new experience for me too when we get there. So the the they describe this as for players who want the near ultimate experience in adventure role play gaming this is it and it's interesting that they put that near qualifier in there <laughs> near ultimate experience not quite there's there's another one that's the ultimate but this is good <laughs> i think it's funny to, to make that copy choice so yeah so the msrp price is price not available again uh, but they do know it's expensive they already said that, and I, I think that that's a funny incongruence. I think, and like it's just like they've been told this like some general like it's just going to be high. We don't know yet. But it's a lot. Like <laughs> exact number, but maybe give a range. You know, don't give a range. Just just it's, just say just, it's not available. Just tell them money is no object when they go buy this game. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sega feeds off the hype of of. That fantasy star piece with a three-banger three, three banger ad of their own, and it's in customary fashion for them at the time. We've seen this, different iterations of this. It's different every time, so that's cool, because usually when you get something like this, this big three, like a huge spread, I mean, like you said with the Atari one earlier, the two-page spread of those games, like we've seen that a bunch of times. Uh, you see this a lot, and, and Sega, every like every ish, every month has a new one of these, and that's, you know, must have, they must have just been spending so much money on marketing to, to create these new spreads for, for a new game every time. So yeah, last time it was it was Golden Axe in the last issue, I think. So it's the one page of big, bold, white text on all black. And that reads, until now, you needed a computer to play an adventure game as advanced as Fantasy Star 2. And that, that's one, easily one of the weakest ones. Because it's like breaking the... But usually they're like in the story world more, you know? Like that's just like, that's very beyond the fourth wall, that, that writing. You know what I mean? Like that's that's in the real world, whereas usually... There's some sort of, you know, it's not even like it should at least be written 
in like the syntax. Yeah, it's they just they just switch. They're like, no, we're going hard. We got like all these titles now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to keep pushing Fantasy Star too. Like that's all that matters. Yep. And then the next page is the usual feature of the game and the copy. Now you don't. There's lots of screenshots. The copy here says the hint book is 110 pages. That's that's fucking legit. Okay. And I badly want to look this up, but I don't want spoilers right now. So uh, that big a book for sure means this is absolutely fine and dandy for a side quest. So mm. the, fact, yeah, that, the fact that that. You know, I assumed there was documentation for this, it was, you know, that to me that was a given, but I'd never known that there was a legit like dedicated strategy guide like that and to hear that it's that expansive i mean wait for fantasy star 2 yeah 110 pages yeah so to say the least that cements it as an almost certain Mm -hmm. side quest part at some point because that is that is the exact level of literature availability that we want for those kind of things to to really um be able to explore both areas of, of of you know the book and the the game is is kind of my goal, and when we or what I hoped we would be doing with those side quests when we first with the Dragon Warrior one. So nice. perfect for that. And they have all the usual suspects down below on this ad too: Revenge of Shinobi, Zoom, Ghouls and Ghosts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And of and, course, it gave me another reason to pick up Truxton and play that again. <laughs> going back to try that. every time I see it, I think of you. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's again. It's it's got an X, dude. It's one of those games that's just like C cross Xanax Xevious. It's like it's the same thing to me, dude. It's like X's and Z's and some space shit. Like I just can't even begin to differentiate them in my mind. <laughs> it's fun, but this is a this is a fun one though. This is a yeah, fun. Yeah, sixteen bit. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I and I think I I think I fucked with it, and and I think I was you know not disgusted. <laughs> Uh, so from there we move on to another Genesis 2 banger on that bad flying shooter with the two Terminator knockoff dickheads Forgotten Worlds and we've already talked of and dismissed this the MSRP is $57.99 and that's steep for that game (laughs) (laughs) we get a little TurboGrafx action up next we got two titles Military Madness a sci-fi space war strategy sim that was probably cool and then their port of Space Harrier is also probably not bad and Jay's Atari Corner is just one measly page. Akari Warriors in the 7800. I've defended the NES port of this tirelessly, Jay. Did this suck? I did not play it. Really? Did not play it. For all the hype around it, like, it's definitely a game that I knew. And I might have messed around with it. But, like, it's, it's one of those games that, yeah, I'm familiar with it. So it makes me think that I either never, ever played it. Or I, like, somehow played it and was just like, meh. Like, it just, it's not even... I mean, I guess again, you know, I'd have to like step into your shoes and look at it through your eyes and your experience to be able to really speak to this. But I guess, I mean, if you loved the commando port on 7800, I would think that you would just fucking love this. Cause like when I think of the commando, I mean, you know, I don't mind commando on the NES. It's not a bad game, but I would much rather play Akari Wars. And, you know, and I know, I know, like I said, I've, I've defended this, the NES port tirelessly, and I know that I am not maybe in the majority and feeling that way about it. A lot of people say negative things about it, but to me, again, the, the, the couch co-op aspect of it. And then like the tanks you can pick up in it. And, you know, I just, I, I would much rather play the NES version of Akari Warriors than play the NES version of Commando. So I would think 
the same level of like, I mean, I don't know, again, maybe the 7,800 one wouldn't have the couch co-op. And like I said, that's a big part of my enthusiasm about it. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I, I was hoping you had played it because I, I would like to know the comparison mm. between the two from an Atari minded individual. I did not. And since, yeah, since we talked about it before, I didn't even think to download it and try it. I, it's, it's, I, I feel like I should check my library right now. I'm like, did I mess around with this to see? But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If, if so, still not memorable. Did, yeah, I didn't jump out for sure. Yeah, that's a bummer. The MSRP is thirty four ninety nine, so less than Forgotten Worlds. Probably better too. <laughs> steep for seven for Atari though. Still yeah. steep. Anything over thirty, you're like, oh, thirty five. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I know. Can't, <laughs> can't stop a Dairy Queen on the way home if we get that one. <laughs> like you're, talk, you're talking a third of a Nintendo. Nintendo was like ninety nine bucks. It was like, oh, third of a Nintendo. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can wait. I can go without this and wait. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Then we have that goofy rock and ball game ad, a then a Game Boy ProView for I believe the first time in here. We haven't had any Game Boy coverage uh, like this in the ProView section, anyways. We've had talk of the Game Boy, but not actual game coverage. And this one, it, the, the game, it's still you know, there's so many the early Game Boy stuff. So much of it was like these shitty puzzlers that I, I didn't even notice were happening. But this, yeah, this one's called Quirk the Chilled Tomato, and it's yeah like a one you know like. A, all the other puzzlers, who knows, almost like a board game looking kind of deal. And the the grade school tier art tin, twin Cobra ad from American Sammy is after that. And then that all carries us to SWAT for some hot tips that the <laughs> what's her fuck in the mailbag doesn't want in here. <laughs> there, There's an inordinate amount of Fester's Quest stuff in here. That, that's the thing maybe I took away from this the most. Uh, the There's one that reads... Tired of the music? <laughs> How about sound effects mode only? Just purposely ram Uncle Fester into a wall, fire rapidly, and press select to pause. Then paw unpause immediately. And uh, it's like that's not a tip. That's like a the game's broke. <laughs> you know I mean? like, why is this a code in here? Why is this something you're trying to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. I mean, to me, I just took it as Sunsoft. The music is like probably the best thing about that game. <laughs> like, this just seems like a grumpy person type of. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You want to remove the whimsy from this game? It's <laughs> just a hard, hard NES game. Here you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who wants that? Yeah. Were you? Were you? Were you not quite depressed enough? Would you like to be more <laughs> depressed about having your parents buy you this game? Here's here's a tool to do that to accomplish that. Yeah. There is also a map of the boss buildings in here. So they fucking lied back in mail. They do put maps in here. They're full of fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking pricks. <laughs> maps, and, maps. and they do look like shit too. So the, the, I think the only reason it works is because the way the, that was like 3D you know it's the it's the 3D map. they're they're just like it's not screenshot maps, you know. They're fucking. Yeah. Um, do they have a screenshot of the thing? I'm not on the page. Do they have a screenshot of what they look like? No. Yeah, they're they're literally yeah. just drawn maps. So yeah. So that it, it it further cements my point that they just they can't. Like it, it it's too much work for them and too expensive to put good screenshot stuff in here. So, you know, it's good good screenshot maps. I mean, so. That's why they don't do it. <laughs> hey, but I'll take it. That's extra Fester's Quest stuff. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, having these, yeah, because those that game is fucking impossible, and I'm almost certain. Oh, I know I didn't beat it, and I'm almost certain I didn't have maps. Like when we found the one in Nintendo Power, I was like, "Fuck, I wish I'd have had this," because <laughs> I definitely did not. I was like, and I think it was like, I think it was the Batman issue right before my first issue, you know, that it was in. So it was just like I missed it by one fucking issue, having that exposure or having that tool. So on more, was there anything in in there that fucking other than that Fester's Quest shit? No, I mean they had a. There's a cool uh, Super Hangon code that I want to try. I mean, I was playing that just preparing for this episode just because it was fun. And I'm like, oh, that's a useful code. So <laughs> I want to soup the bike from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. The motorcycle, yeah, the motorcycle game from it from Genesis. It's not bad. Yep. And then, you know, like you almost want to say piggybacking on all the Sunsoft exposure. Like I, it's, I, I was taught, I just mentioned earlier how, you know, I think that there's probably some level of fiscal greasing of the wheels to get, you know, add feature stuff done, like have a few pages, like, it would be amazing if if the level of product placement essentially got as integrated as like a heavy feature or a heavy focus on Fester's Quest in their hot tips thing, leaning into Sunsoft ads. Like that would be really a high level marketing right. concept for for magazine stuff, magazine advertising. But it, it whatever the causation or the the reasoning for the the order of it, the, we get the Sunsoft ad for Batman on the NES. Uh, after this, and then ImageSoft's tired ass Super Dodgeball ad, uh, as much as the theme music is dope that we led into the section with, are, are peppered in through SWAT here. And the Super Dodgeball ad is citing the game's placing in the the Nintendo Power Top 30 back in the, the November November December issue, and they <laughs> they cite it as the number 12 dealers pick and the number 29 pros pick. And I mean, you know. Sure, like any placement on those lists is worth being proud of. Like I, I, I get that, and this is not a big developer, so you know they it, that all the more reason that you know you should be excited. But putting the twelfth and twenty ninth in an ad is just not particularly captivating marketing. You know, it's just like just not impressive. Just I don't I like no matter what your whatever just behind it, it like it just doesn't sound cool. <laughs> it's it's like yeah. I, you wanna yeah you could have just said like a top 15 game <laughs> yeah, that's that a game that's you just kind of left top. it at that yeah that would look much better for sure yeah <laughs> the specific numbers yeah I mean, yeah the 29 and all on there is rough especially right. even though yeah like i said if you're the top if you're a top 30 nes game like especially that title that library is getting pretty big now like it's cool but like the thing is a reader doesn't know that context or doesn't like off the top of their head just, yeah. yeah they don't think the context of that it just sounds like there's 28 other things I should go buy instead. <laughs> like, what are 1 through 28? Let me see that list. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I'll get to you later, maybe. But 28, oh, that's a lot of Nintendo games. I'm probably not going to. <laughs> yeah. After these messages, we'll be right back. We're about to see a dramatization of true confessions. I'm 14, I'm a cocaine addict, and I want to tell my mom, and I want to stop, but I, I can't. Real life. I'm a man, but I love dressing up as a woman. I've even started wearing women's underwear to work. I wish other men are real people. I slept with my brother-in-law. And 
I want to do it again. I feel so guilty. True Confessions. Call 976-6800 anytime to talk or just listen. Call 976-6800. plus toll, if any. That is a late night 1-900 line commercial for True Confessions. And it is absolutely fucking insane. <laughs> What call is going on yeah, yeah. Call in and listen to others, or record your own. Like, I don't know, what? man. I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I know there are lonely people, lots of them, and I know that that was a time when people were even less savvy about technology and privacy and whatever. But there's just what human being? Yeah, get out of here with that coon shit. What human being is possibly calling in and recording their own? Like, I guess I can maybe psychologically grasp the voyeuristic nature of listening to others, which you, I don't know. Like, I want to say you got to be a moron to believe that any of them aren't contrived whatever, like, written, recorded, not actual, whatever. But, like, paying a 1-900 number fee to sit at home and do that? Like, what kind of maniac (laughs) gets gets enjoyment from that? Like, what psychopath, you know? That should be a fucking, uh, 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 like a, I don't know, like a, that should be like a, FBI fucking tool or something to find psychopaths and get them off the streets. Like who the, anyone calling that should be on a list. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I mean? Like that should be fucking you. You are a red flag, man. You need to go to your neighbor's house and announce that you live here. <laughs> like you need to go door to door in your neighborhood and inform them that you are a resident of their neighborhood because everyone needs to keep an eye on you. <laughs> yeah, man, like that is fucking crazy and there are just on that channel man i just cannot stress there are so many of these confession lines on there i just man like what in the fuck (laughs) like what the fuck was going on there man like that they you know it's clearly the fact that there were that many of them different ones must have been working exactly that's what i mean yeah yeah exactly there was demand for these or there would not have been they would not have existed they would not have been buying that late night fucking one nine hundred commercial those commercial spots so holy shit man i can't believe we made it to 2021 if this was happening in the 90s <laughs> like i just don't i can't believe humanity made it here i really can't i am just blown away <laughs> and yeah that uh, you know again i just can't stress going to that the, that link in the show notes for the fucking checking out that youtube channel is un, un, unreal <laughs> it's absolutely unreal to me uh, back to GamePro 8. The, the, we have a page of reader tips and a couple of ads we've seen. The ISOH Game Up, Game App. Why can't I say that today? ISOH Game App alum River City Ransom and that crazy-ass chiller ad that we've seen. Those start us off here, and the reader tips are pretty boring. Nothing means in, anything to me in there. I don't know how you feel about those. Yeah, pretty the nothing, same. Yeah, nothing doing. And then we get a new Toys R Us full pager that is fan fucking tastic, and it's <laughs> it's so nineties. I just it hurts. It's so nineties. The so the the tagline is Nintendo. All the accessories to make your system sing. 
and it is a very excited ginger kid going full tilt on his NES Advantage, which is very well drawn. I might add the illustrate the artwork of the NES Advantage. It's very satisfying to me. It's a proper representation of it. And that is alongside an actual product picture of the greatest controller in home console gaming history. So we have double double NES Advantage action here, which of course is going to get me going. And they also have the power pad pictured, an official NES, Nintendo licensed cleaning kit, a zapper, and an NES Max joypad here. And there's a Starfield background just to really dial up the, the 90s aesthetic all the way. And it is just, it's great in every way. <laughs> it's just like a, per, it might be a perfect piece of, I don't know, whatever we're going to summate a page of one of the, like whatever adjective we want to use to describe a, a, a standalone page in the literal thousands that we're, we're going to, we have, and we'll continue to go through in these magazines. It is a perfect page. <laughs> you know what I mean? It has everything. Even the, like the fact that it's Toys R Us of all uh, companies behind the advertisement. It's just in every way it is perfect. <laughs> You're definitely like, Mom, can we uh, go to the rest? Anyway, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mom. I got my piggy bank. Like. Mom, <laughs> Toys R Us. <laughs> but, but wait, we have to talk about this. What is this Max Joypad? Like, what is it? looks like a precursor to like the current Xbox controllers or something. But like, did, from the sounds how... of our Facebook page, it wasn't very good. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen this thing. Like this, really? I was just gonna say, how I've are never you? Used this how are you ever. speaking? You're speaking of it in a foreign way. I'm like, how? That's like that was like yeah. the the NES Advantage and NES Max came out together as kind of like a that was like their I don't know, you know, it it, it, it yeah. the power pad came out a little later. That was like their first wave of proprietary accessories was the, were those two coming out. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is what I mean. We've talked about it a bunch of times before, and it's funny to me that we've had these conversations. You didn't realize <laughs> this is what we were talking about. The, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, Ted had two of them. I have two. I have the two now, and they're I, I fucking I hate them. They're like the the thing that they're and yes, like it, it's funny. What like, is the thumb thing? Is it like a, a stick? Like a no? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like dude. It's 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 yeah, it's so weird, dude. It's like so. It's like a slidey. It like it's it's on a it's like a oh, little, it's like a little plastic disc things. yeah that slides around there so you can like but dude uh, it is so awful it's terrible like I don't care like to me you plug it in and like no matter how many times and like I'll still do it to this day it's almost like the X Men thing kind of where you just like no matter how many times you've been wrong you still try to enjoy it and like <laughs> plug it in and like hey, Max Max funny da 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 fucking drum fucking riff thing like max amount of time you're going to spend doing that thing in my opinion is 30 seconds and you're like fuck this and you just so the little black ring around it is essentially just a direct or it is just a directional pad so you can hit you can use that too and not diddle with the red thing in the oh. in the middle at all so what's the fucking point of having this thing in your hand then right you can just use the other one now it also has the turbo buttons which are cool they don't have the advantage functionality of changing like turning them on and off or I mean, it's a separate button, so you wouldn't need to turn them off. But right. it doesn't—it doesn't have the speed control that the NES Advantage does. So that's obviously superior, goes without saying. But just the actual ergonomics of those turbo buttons. So like the red buttons are like the, the normal NES. It's just like the standard controller where they have kind of like a little bit of a—is uh, that that's concave, right? They, they, there's a little bit of a concaveness to them. So they there are—I mean, you know, it's Nintendo. You still get Nintendo thumb from this thing, just like any controller. But the—it's not as bad because it has the depression, you know, and, and just the. 
I mean, it's all hard plastic, but it feels maybe it is just literally the contour of the concave thing that that uh, is the difference, and it has nothing to do with the actual material. But it feels better to me on my thumb than so the the turbo buttons are like this. They're, they're like smaller and they're convex, so it's Ooh. not depressed. So it's like these little smaller gray fucking like you know it's clearly an exaggeration slash. Yeah, it's an exaggeration to say little daggers sticking out of it, but like it's like it's like literally. I mean, you like if you were really jamming on those buttons, it sucks, man. It sucks. They feel so. It's such a. It just fucks your thumb up so bad, man. Uh, yeah, they're terrible controllers. They're smaller. I mean, I guess they're probably the same size as the NES standard. Maybe maybe they're not smaller, but they feel a little smaller to me. And. I just, I fucking hate them. Yeah, Ted had two of them. And that's like, Jabs made the joke, like, if we, you know, we're in a situation where it was just one and one of those. Like, if we had one in standard NES controller for whatever reason, or that's what was plugged in, you know, maybe it was just, we had other controllers, but this wasn't what plugged in or whatever. Like, this is definitely, if there, if there was one NES standard controller and one NES Max plugged into the NES, this, I would absolutely pull the shithead big brother card and be like, fuck you, you're using that Max. <laughs> you know, like that's absolutely, it's no question in my mind, a lesser controller. Yeah. And there was like, I mean, I got to do a thing when I was back. I remember, I remember because of the context of what I was bad when I was back home in April for, for that fucked up family shit. Like I, that's when I listened to, a, a, again, mentioned twice on here, press me to cancel, but they did a, a thing on Nintendo peripherals and they went through and like, I got into a Twitter argument with the one dude because he liked, he hated the NES Advantage and liked the NES Max. And I'm like, are you fucking psychotic? Like, that's an insane thing to say to me. Like, you're fucking out of your mind to say that they can't even be, like, it makes me upset to even speak of them in the same sentence. <laughs> you know, there's, that's so funny to me. I, yeah. ne- I never had any of the, re- of these legit accessories. Like, I had some weird, like, plastic pad which you put your controller in and therefore your controller couldn't move so you had to then like press with the your fingers so it was weird like so i didn't have any legit accessories at all is that the one with the little joystick you could screw into the no it was just no you couldn't even do that it was just yeah so i it in reverse move i now have like six different like Series X controllers of different colors and styles, and like making up for it now. Yeah, I was say living living your best life now that you have control over that. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yep, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's so yeah. All that cool shit's featured. Even the cleaning kit excites me. It's like the official cleaning kit. Like I had a cleaning kit. It wasn't it wasn't this one, but I remember my cleaning kit. And like even that, like yeah, you know, even as a young kid, I was still like. Run away to shit, fucking keep it, fucking gotta keep it in mint condition. You know, like, like, little fucking psychopath. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, so yeah, yeah. This, yeah, you mentioned it already, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I mentioned it in the Facebook post, but I could genuinely masturbate to this to this ad, and <laughs> I think, and, yeah, the you know the advantage is. Presence is probably the reason for that, not the ginger kid. That's worth pointing out. Uh, but the, <laughs> the yeah, th- this ad is absolutely crushing it on our Facebook page. And there's a ton of dialogue on there about and you. And you have, there's people on there that some of them are shitting. A lot of them, I say, maybe the majority of them are shitting on the Macs. But there are some people on there that like it, you know. And, like, it's just, it's funny how, you know, it, so much of that is just probably just what they had as a kid. And there's, like, that's, they're, they're emotionally latched onto it. And there's nostalgia bullshit going on. But the, yeah, I mean, it's, uh. It's a, it's everything on here is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot, lot to look at. 
Moving on, the Ask the Pros section comes next, and we have Alien Syndrome and Aztec for the SMS, then Thunder Force 2 for Genesis here, so it's all Sega all the time. And, like, they're all just kids saying this is hard. Please help us, really, all these things are. <laughs> you know, it's not really... I don't Pretty know. much. Yeah, they're not. At, there's no specificity to what they're requesting of the pros here, and I just thought that was funny. Yeah. And I didn't ever recall hearing of the Aztec Adventures, so that was one that I was like, "Ooh, I haven't seen that for SMS." And like at this point, we're kind of out of new SMS titles. Like that's that was also part of the reason why I fucked with Golden Axe. I was just like, "We're just there's just I don't know if we're. They might be the last one I ever play. You know what I mean?" So like, I'll okay, I'll take a whack at it and see what happens. But uh, I was looking at this. And uh, I didn't. I didn't download it. I just looked at the play vid. It looks like a top-down Legend of Zelda clone. You know, like that is of course way shittier. Yeah, yeah. So I was just no fucking way moving on. But that is in here. Maybe you're an Aztec adventure enthusiast. Maybe get a little hot tip here from the pros. <laughs> we after that we have a new full pager from Hudson Soft. After that, and it's for fucking Zevius or Zevis or whatever the fuck. Zexies. Uh, you could possibly think to pronounce that random assortment of letters. And we already touched on this. It's just space game X's and Z's. Fuck all these. <laughs> <laughs> the short pro shots is up next, and this is previews. And there was nothing in here at all. I got my biscuits burning. Did any of these do not anything? a single freaking thing, man? Like, like it's funny to me because like I love the current generation like games that you can play like uh, Trivial Pursuit on on Xbox or you know Monopoly. Like I've played those and they're fun. Like I've riffed. I haven't even thought to look at those on there. Dude, yeah, I like I like board, board games too. Yeah, I mean, that's those are fun. Risk, Risk is a good one. Like that we've played on there. Like Zion's beat me twice. Like Risk Crimpation. would be fantastic if you don't have to set it up. That's the shittiest part Dude. of our Risk. Yes. <laughs> Get it. Let's do it. Um, we'll play, play a lot. I play Risk. Um, and that, and that, but yeah, but, like, but it's, it's funny that those are exciting shit. and these are not you do other shit while you play Risk. You know, What's just, you could do other shit while you play Risk. It's turn based, so like you don't even need to like focus on that entirely. You could absolutely just have a game running. You know, so yeah, I'm down. For, I'm down for that. Sorry, interrupt. What were you saying? Yeah, no, it's 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 a, interesting that those games are so fun and exciting, but like dialing it back to this era, I'm like, I'm just not even interested at all. Yeah, it's they're not terrible. No win, lose, or draw on NES. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Not that. Although you know, I remember, I remember like I don't know if it was Pictionary. There's there was one of them that I remember having in like anticipation. Maybe it was. I don't know. There were there were there were there were some of the like I remember. Back then, again, you know, keep just some. At this point, some of these these concepts is we're just kicking a dead horse to uh, the the shit out of a dead horse with some of these things we talk about because they just keep popping up and, and it's, it's, some of that's the developer. The shit it's just keeps happening. They're just dr drumming this shit out constantly. We either ignore it or keep repeating ourselves. But anyways, that like I remember, you know, if, if we could go, if you could go back and look at them from the time, like I think. You might be surprised because I, I do remember fucking with some of these like Monopoly. I remember playing on NES. Like I said, we used to play the shit out of the the PC version of Monopoly from this era. Jab and I would just sit there and okay. yeah. So I mean, back then again, it, it, it probably not horrible. Some of these, not all of them. I'm sure some of them are so shitty, but you know, <laughs> what have you. So we go from this to a very fun section that I'm I'm really enjoy every time we get one of these. We have the Pro Artist series. And this, the prompt for submissions here was design your own hero. And the winner was fucking awesome, dude. Did you really look at what this all was? 
<laughs> I don't think I looked at it like in detail. Dude, so this, so Frank Sudol. I just thought there were bugs. I was like, all right, you got a bunch of bugs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the art, the art is cool too. But if you look at what this really, I mean, Frank, his name is Frank Sudol of, of Sussex, New Jersey. He's age 14, mind you. Keep this in mind for all this explanation. He has sent in, and maybe, yeah, maybe this part of this is my fucking line of work. But he sent in an entire fucking graphic novel slash video game proposal lookbook for an idea called Insect Invasion. It's not just a piece of artwork. With a hero. He sent in, I mean, it's anthropomorphic insect warriors is kind of like the motif of this, right? And he has a full key art thing. That's what that big picture is. He has a character breakdown. So, like, individual drawings of all the characters and, like, little explanations of how they fit into the story world. And then a screen mock-up in the top right of, like, the video game UI. And then also an item power-up breakdown. With actual, like the actual, with actual artwork for them. So, oh, like, it, it's got his, he's got his, his own NES, like Nintendo Power spread. Right. Exactly. Yeah, Nintendo. exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's got a fucking Nintendo Power spread here for game. And, like, think about that. At 14, dude, like, you know, dude, I was I mean, doing that kind of stuff all the time. I respect that for sure. I was. <laughs> You were doing it this this professionally? 100%. Like, well, I, I'm not saying my art was like that. I mean, I was amazing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. They were calling me Picasso. I get the fuck you dig it. I don't care. Call mom and dad. Dig it the fuck out. I want to see this level of thoroughness for a full-on video game. If you have this, let's get mom. Let's get mom involved. (laughs) If that's the case, one, the fucking listeners need to see it immediately just out of entertainment factor. But two... I will just I that'll blow my mind. Like I think it I think it is so mind blowing that a fourteen year old back then too. And it's one thing you know, like you talked, like like Zion is fucking into this shit, right? And she, you know, there's 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 tools available her to her to teach her what this stuff should look like. Like and like you know, I don't know. He, this kid's in in New Jersey. Maybe maybe he has an uncle or a parent or something that happens to work in some sort of line of work where this level of like the, the the he he could be exposed to the system that one uses to develop an ip idea so so basically that he would be exposed and have the skeleton framework to design this within you know and know kind of everything that he would need to to present this properly in like an adult professional way you know maybe that's you know, we, you know that, that that that's a remote possibility, but I think it's highly unlikely. So, like again, it, to me, it's it, it's not so much the I'm not like the artwork is cool, and it would you know probably be cool even if it weren't if it were just this piece of key art. I would probably still think it's cool. But to me, what blows me away is like again the the professional all encompassing presentation of the idea. It's like you could walk into a room of fucking professional decision makers and convey an idea to them. With this, with these tools, and at fourteen, to me, that's crazy. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, you could be like, they could be like, "Yo, um, we have another issue due in a week. So <laughs> do one of these for this." <laughs> yeah, precisely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking. Yeah, it's 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 just so well done. I'm just so blown away by it. So yeah, very cool. The second place is 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 also pretty fun. I think it's a it's a submission from a 23 year old though much that's much less impressive but uh in Wallaceburg Canada so game pro showing off its international circulation here with this one but the uh, the guy's name is Don Alexander and he cooked up this game called Bad Motor Scooter that has kind of comedic vibe to it it's a nerd on a scooter and you know it's just the key art kind of just showing some of the story world around him so again even like a decade older and 
this so, is the, this is the best. The best one is from someone who's a decade older, and there's not even like a glimmer of the thoroughness that that first one, that the insect invasion one has from the fourteen year old. You know, so again, just so fucking impressive that I, I think. And they also, as they always do here at the end, they they give you the prompt for the next pro artist series thing. And so this one is for, of course, logically, Fantasy Star 2. So break out your colored pencils and get to work, Loric Disciples. We want to see your subs <laughs> for, for fucking Fantasy Star 2. And then we have Game Pro Swag Catalog in order form. Before we get to the pro news section and they are it's funny we're sitting here watching e3 while we do this oh that looks like it just ended actually but the all done the they are talking 1990 winter consumer electronics show in vegas baby uh as as the start here and it's pretty fucking wild the nsc nec one can just straight up play the home console game cards you know like i don't know if you clock that one that's that's Pretty impressive the the handheld. I mean, they yeah they sorry they they're they're pointing out the handhelds to start with from both NEC and Sega, and they mentioned that the NEC one can just you literally just take the game out of your home console. I mean, this is like Nintendo Switch level shit if you think about it. <laughs> you know, just literally. I mean, you, you can't grab it and keep playing the actual game you're playing, but for 1990, mm-hmm. it's pretty fucking close. So yeah, you can it, it plays the game cards of the home console on the handheld, and that's fucking not having to that's... buy. Yeah, not having to buy a whole new library like. I can't believe it didn't take off in a bigger way. Well, that was the dream. Think about all the attempts there were. Like even like Super Game Boy, which was like, oh, I can take my Game Boy, but it's still a different game. Like it's still not the same. Right. Yeah. So many attempts, early attempts. People could see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got the almost got the idea. Almost got it figured out. So they also have so a UK company, Codemaster. Uh, mentioned here has developed an audio CD player for the NES, and I was like, uh, "What? <laughs> like, I never heard of that before. That's fucking new." So Samsung is manufacturing the hardware here. It says, and then Cam America is distributing starting in summer of 1990. And I repeat, uh, what? <laughs> I don't recall this device. No, yeah, no, like that's something that you think would have just been fucking tattooed. Throughout Nintendo Power, if it if it were an actual thing, so yeah, do I? Did you look around to try to find? Like I could find no. next to nothing on this. It clearly never happened. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> so I did find. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I did find a bunch of shit on Camerica though, and this is a Canadian outfit that made a lot of unlicensed NES peripherals, most notably the Game Genie. Right. So I guess they partnered oh. with Galoo. So yes, they did a lot of unlicensed things that would become big NES things. So then this article then goes on to mention another Camerica product called the Power Pack. And I'm going to read the exact copy here because I think it's the, the best way to convey this idea. Uh, this innocent-looking Nintendo interface hooks onto your favorite Nintendo cartridge and then plugs into your unit. <laughs> what it does next is what's really unusual. When you buy your interface, you'll receive a booklet of codes. A password entry screen appears, and you enter codes that actually change the parameters of the game. And correct, listeners, this is the fucking Game Genie. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, hadn't been named the Game Genie yet, you know. So it's funny that I was doing the research, and I was like, oh, it's coming to the Game Genie. Okay, okay, okay. And then I'm reading the thing, and I'm like, I'm like parsing that. I'm like, oh, 
that's the fucking game genie. <laughs> well, it, was, it, was, it was funny to me. Um, no wonder. So the rest of this is just teasing games hitting the Genesis and Turbo Graphics. Um, nothing really worth mentioning there. Just games coming out. And was there anything in there that jumped out to you? The Pro News? That's, that's kind of it. Like, so they're just games. I don't know. Yeah, no, no games that were kind of moving so, the needle. Yeah. And there is an ad from SATA breaking Pro News up. And it, like, just as we said, we just saw, might have seen that Toys R Us one, the greatest ad in any video game magazine to date. This might be the worst. <laughs> like, it's, so it's for, I mean, there's there's a Game Boy title called Q-Billion, which is, again, just like another puzzler. And then a couple of really generic-ass NES games that, that I, we'd heard of the Tom Sawyer. We've seen that before, just because it's, uh, you know, such a, a prominent historical IP in Tom Sawyer. But there's that, and then Castle of the Dragon. And we talked about Tom Sawyer, fuck that. But Castle of the Dragon was new. I hadn't seen that before. And the screenshots do not look hot. Uh, and, and to be honest, I'm not ent- even entirely sure. Are these screenshots? <laughs> like, are, are they, <laughs> or are they illustrations? Like, I, like, again, just going back to the quality of this ad, like I'm not even sure that I'm looking at screenshots. But And, and I'm talking, I zoomed in on them, and I'm still not sure. <laughs> like, not just me, like I can't see them because they're fucking small on my screen right now. Like when I was going through the mag originally, I'm like, I'm not sure. So yeah, horrible ad. I thought, I thought this was just an ad for like random things. I completely blew past it. Like <laughs> I thought that they were video games. I was like, <laughs> like, like it's not even like a fun ad. I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I all too, I also too was going to dismissively just blow by these, but. <laughs> Like a good little podcasting video game historian, I dutifully looked at a play bit of Castle of the Dragon before moving on. And the game doesn't look great. It's not amazing looking, but it's definitely not a trash fire. Like there, like there was some good artwork and a cutscene action deal at the top that I was kind of appreciative of. And there's medieval fantasy, as you'd expect, as far as the theming goes. And that is, uh, you know, something that, Gets me going a little bit. And the title theme was absolute fucking fire, man. Not great, but it looked 100% playable, and I don't say that about just any side scrolling action platform. I don't say that about just any side scrolling action platform. Like it looked pretty decent. You know, again, it's all, like some of these. Like we talked about. I think the one I think of amazingly to me is I think an SNS title, The Pirate. Do you remember the Pirate SNS game where like uh, it was legitimately like when you there was only like two areas. Like even though we have a whole screen, there's only like two tracks for the and like no things in between. Literally, you're, you're on the ground the whole time. But there's, there's like two tracks that enemies can come at you on. So, like, you're either jumping and hitting them or whacking them at ground level, you know? And, like, so you can have that in, in a, like, a bad action platform will often have that, where it's like a very limited way that you can be presented danger, you know? And, and, and that's what I expected this to kind of be like. And it even looked like it at first, but like, the more I watched, like, there, there was some variance to it and like the actual sword play didn't look too bad. 
you know, so probably not something we could potentially we could really swallow as far as far as a game app thing. But again, looking at the ad, it's way fucking better looking than what I expected it to be. (laughs) (laughs) We have a Tecmo full pager following that up. And up top, they're telling you in 1990, Tecmo is bringing the fire. Ninja Gaiden 2, Tecmo World Wrestling and Bad News Baseball. We already got into the wrestling title in a previous episode. We talked about that, but the and, and of course the Ninja Gaiden sequel is yeah. eagerly anticipated. Not quite out yet, but it goes without saying is something that we are excited about, and everyone else was at the time. And I'd never heard of the Bad News Baseball though. Did you ever heard of that game? And it's Tecmo. Like I feel like I thought like I knew everything the Tecmo did, you know, from this era. So I was I, surprised to not even be kind of like never even heard of it, you know. The name I recall, but. Just seeing that, like without without a screenshot, I'm like, I don't know what this is. Oh yeah, the the reason the name seems familiar is because Bad News Bears. That's what you're thinking of. <laughs> like in my that's my that's my uh, assumption or my conjecture is that that's actually what your subconscious is telling you you're familiar with. You're probably right. Yeah, probably. yeah, you know, obviously a big comedy film line that they've done. There was like the I think the he's probably the 80, early eighties maybe late seventies there was there was the original film and they've done a rehash Billy Bob Thornton was in it's probably funny because he's fucking great but I've never seen right. it I've really <laughs> something that was something too we've talked about how like dad stuff that fucking our dads were into and like I just like he would talk about it all the time and like like mention it in positive light and I was like tried to watch and I was like this sucks <laughs> you know it's like not in line with you dad on this at all. <laughs> Uh, but that, yeah, that's one of those things that, that fall into that category. So this hits in June, and we'll see what it's like then. The Moby's game listing doesn't look like it's humoristic at all. It looked kind of, I don't know, it's kind of even hard to describe based on what I was looking at on the Moby games listing. Um, so further into this ad, they follow up that those kind of like teasing things by saying that in 1989, Tecmo brought you two top ten smash hits. Good marketing, as opposed to specific 29 mm-hmm. You know, so right. that's that's the, right, that's the right wording for that kind of thing. And of course, it goes without saying that top ten sounds better than top thirty. But <laughs> you know, just again, just knowing this, the tonality of of how an ad should be, it seems like Tecmo here has a better grasp on it. I think. But they are talking about Ninja Gaiden and Tecmo Bowl, neither of which we've done a game up on yet. Dot dot dot. Tecmo games hard to beat, and that what a fucking apropos. Double entendre entendre tagline that is for them and their Nintendo hard Ninja Gaiden bullshit, you know, so I I was I acknowledged saw acknowledged and appreciated that they, you know, there was a self-awareness of what these those games were at that time, you know, or yeah, at that time. And you probably can't say that about (laughs) Yeah, still are. You're right. You're right. You're right. But you can't you probably can't say that about all third party developers that they had that level of self-awareness, you know. Um, an understanding of like the Ninja Gaiden was fucking borderline impossible, you know, but like, proud of it. You know what I mean? Like that's, they, they're not, it's not like, even though some of it does lie in like just bad mechanics and like respawning fucking you and stuff like that, they're like owning up to it and be like, yep, that's our game. <laughs> you know, that's how it is. And that's, that's kind of cool. And there is a handful of tired ads we've seen and the next issue tease and we out. was the ninja gaiden prologue theme bringing us into our nominations and 
think we're going to have some interesting nominations this time. Yeah, I feel I feel like there's no like there's nothing like major set pieces in that magazine that are game episode compatible. I guess is probably the best way to put it. So yeah, I think I think both of ours. I expect both of ours to be just like oh didn't think that was gonna <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, I think I went first last time. So let's hear yours. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all of mine. You're gonna be like what? So <laughs> the first one, Truxton. I mean, on the Genesis, it, it's the best flying shooter. Like seeing it in the magazine again, I picked it up and was playing it again. Like it was like I just that's what happens because it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun flying shooter. I love that genre. What do you want me to do? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, don't, uh, I don't have any like particularly disparaging things to say about it. So, so. yeah, the the <laughs> the second one, Twin Cobra. What is Twin Cobra? So it's it's a fun it's a flying so shooter. Yes. Oh, oh Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Are I you mean, sure? Yeah. Is, that, is that? I'm thinking Cobra Triangle or something like that. The, the yeah. No. The, the it, boat the boat racing one is Cobra Triangle or some shit. Yeah, no, not that one. I mean, it, am I expecting greatness? No. Am, am I expecting fun? Yeah, I, I should hope so. You know, that was the but, uh, I think that, that was the one the ad was terrible for. Not quite as bad as that one towards the end, but it was a pretty bad ad. Yeah, it, it did not do a great job in selling it like the <laughs> like the, the other ones. <laughs> and then my third one, Fester's Quest. Motherfucker. Now, I'd never beat it. I liked it. We've got tips. We got some maps. You have a lot of tips now. Things. We do have. We have a ton of tips. Much, <laughs> much to what's her fucks malign. Oh, that's, so, that's 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 definitely the one that is interesting to me the most. I had it too. I had the cart. I have the cart. I think I've reclaimed it, even though it's. Trust me, it's it's like going through this mag. I was like, what am I even going to like want to play? Like, there's such, like, what's here? But right. these games I would play. Yeah, my, my, mine, all mine are reaches from like, well, no, no they're, they're just some variant. I shouldn't say that. I won't, I won't preface them with any sort of anything. So that one's interesting to me, man. I, that, that's interesting to me. I, that's interesting to me. I, hmm. Okay, so mine are Road Blasters, that racing oh, game. Oh, interesting. Uh, and it was fun. Probably not a particularly compelling game episode, maybe. I don't know. It was just a game that I enjoyed, and like I just like you know, I my I don't know what your system is for doing these, but like I make my list as I go, and then like once it's full and I find something new, I just delete the old thing. New one, right? Yeah. So that's that's what I did it in. So like the reason it's probably still there is because it was the first one I put on there, and I only got to three total, so I never deleted anything. You know what I mean? So that is probably part of why it's still there because I just don't know if it's like I said I don't know how compelling it'll be to talk about. It's just. You know, running around racing, I don't know, whatever. Uh, then the next one, Revenge of Shinobi. They had a, a, the, the the most minute appearance in the Genesis three-pager, you know, so that's how that oh, got Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, that, we already, I already pitched that one as a game up, you know, and I think I think it'll be fun for sure and gets us some Genesis action. Mm. And then my last one, it's funny, that's why, all the more reason why your Fester's Quest one was funny to me because I also went Sunsoft, Batman. Batman, yeah, for for NES. Oh, we did see Batman. Yeah, dude. yeah, another oh. another Sunsoft ad. So you know, oh yeah, I recommended that a while back. Oh yeah, and, and that's you know, I think we've talked about. You know, we had the cover feature. We had the cover feature too. So yeah, we have a, a good uh, a mag piece to work with. You know, and talk about maybe if we want to recall it, and that's always good to have. 
um, as supporting evidence for our game episodes. Uh, so, yeah, so that's compelling. But we also do have a lot of Fester's Quest shit. And, you know, Fester's Quest is kind of, you know, I didn't beat it either. It's borderline fucking impossible on the hardware. You know, like, I, that's the thing. I like I, that, that. You know, it's funny. Like, whenever I have the cart, right, I usually am like, okay, I'm going to play it OG style. So I don't. I don't think I'll play that one. If we do that, I don't think we'll <laughs> stuff. I think I'm going to save state my way through that one. So that's that's fun too because I'll be able to stream it if I do that, uh, and that's cool. And again, we have the mag stuff for it to support when I when I, when I do that. Uh, yeah, man. I almost, I almost just want to say like, well, so I didn't finish that thought. So yeah, I mean, that is one because I didn't beat it, and it's like it's like that's that's probably a, you know, the the whole goal like Tyson's punch out of like things. I want to check off my childhood to-do list. Like, that absolutely satiates one of those because I never even came close, you know? And it's Sunsoft. Like, as much of a dumpster fire as it is and, like, all the terrible things that get said about it and how impossible it is, like, that punitive aspect of how it dumps you back at the beginning, clearly we circumvent that with with emulation and safe stadium and stuff. So, you know, that goes away. So that biggest gripe isn't even a factor. Uh, it's probably still hard. <laughs> even with Somehow I still have positive feelings about it, despite all of that. Like, I'm still like, yeah, that's well, just it's, 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 it's Sunsoft, man. It's not like they don't, they didn't make bad games back then. Like just like, like truly bad. Like, yes, there are things about it that suck, particularly compared to some of their other fire ass library, like Blaster Master. Like I got, you know, fucking Amy brought back from that. Yeah. Those cards that I took a photo of Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers and Blaster Master. She was back in New York this week or this past week just first time seeing her family since COVID shit and her parents. And I guess she was over at a friend's house or something. And they were like moving or cleaning up or something. And she like literally sends me a box of shit, like a picture. She's like, do you want any of this? They're just throwing this away or something. And I'm like, yeah, what are those NES games? Like some of them were stacked on top of each other. I'm like, fucking spread them out. I can't see what they are. <laughs> like, and fucking, yeah, two of them were Blaster Master and Chippendale. It's like, fuck yeah, bring those fucking back. <laughs> like, yeah. So anyways, uh, Blaster Master is fucking fire. Batman is fucking fire. And like, even as like Platoon's terrible, really, I guess. But like, there's still a lot of redeeming value qualities to it. You know, like all their games have something going on. I'm usually great music, usually great graphics, except Platoon's bad gameplay wise. But yeah, they don't. Like, there's never. It's, it's. There's no question. It's not. There's things that are worth exploring in it, you know, and talking about. So, um, yeah, man. Like I kind of like. I think I want to. I. I think I would. I think I want to do that. And, like Batman's not going away too. But Fester's Quest probably isn't going away either. And neither is Avengers Shinobi. So you know that's to be said about all of them probably. But Batman, without a doubt, will just. It will just never go away. Probably. You <laughs> know, we'll probably be seeing that in the mags for till we stop. Till we get off NES. Till NES stuff is not there, we will probably see Batman appearances and ads and shit. So we're not going to miss. I should play- hope so. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna miss playing that by skipping it over now, and yeah, I mean, I don't know, I'm I'm not on that. You wanna do that? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that's right, right, right. right music. I don't that, 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 you know, that's fucking absolutely it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the just I can't I can't wait to post the fucking that I think I've already posted before on the time the fucking Facebook page before, but yeah, the opening fucking uh, cutscene of sorts of that, and then the music ripping in is like one of the better just overall AV audiovisual presentations on the NES, you know, like Fester sitting in front of this, the, this, the thing in the background, the UFO comes down, he's sitting on the lounge chair and his glasses yeah. pop up, you know, and then the music <laughs> rips in and the title treatment jumps up. It's like, it's all, it looks beautiful. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really, and, and when you find, I mean, I'm sure you remember like in the game when you find all, I love, I remember the thing again, not just, you know, inventories and shit up goes without saying I've already I'm, I've mentioned a million times I'm into that stuff but like so yeah you're acquiring all those 
the items and shit that help you do stuff in the game. But when you encounter them, you meet the other family members. Like they're in the houses, you know. So you see when you meet Wednesday and or, or bump into Wednesday and Lurch and Bess uh, or Gomez and Morticia and all them. Like you like go through and you find all them. And like that was so for some reason because like when you go into the house, it's like a like a really good pixel art rendition of those characters comes on screen you know so just, again just another really great artwork artwork instance and there's a bunch of them in the game so yeah it's like the bosses are fucking cool and the and the, the just like blaster master where it's like the all black screen and the the huge boss sprites you know that you battle with in the rooms and it's got the 3d thing going yeah there's just a ton of cool shit in the game that if we can get around the shitty aspects of it maybe circumvent them via emulation will probably be a very enjoyable experience Word! all right let's fucking do that that's the next game episode um that will probably take us longer than two weeks, given I won't be able to play it for the next week, but I look forward to it. And you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you listen to. If you do enjoy our nonsense, and the website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. Email us at ISOH podcast at gmail.com. Follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page and subreddit and talk shit to us about our gameplay videos on the YouTube and the links to all those will be in the show notes. And we actually, I finally got the Instagram up and running, so that is now a thing. If that's where you like to consume your social media bullshit, we have a presence there and we'll be, you know, it's, it, yeah, all, everything goes to our Facebook page will also be there now. That's the beauty of even starting in the first place. Is, <laughs> or the reason I started in the first place is just because it's not any more work for me. So uh, there'll be probably pretty good dialogue in there. And it, we don't have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things podcasters tell you to and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities, and that's cool as fuck. AbleGamers.org is where you can find them. And we have our T-shirts now if you want to grab those, because that also does help the AbleGamersFoundation.org after we pay for our shit. Uh, that keeps this podcast afloat. And Jay, what are your socials? Gentleman JB without the second E. That's where you can find me pretty much everywhere. Mm. Uh, my, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Follen, on Instagram at my shift key is broke. My gamer tag is two minute Todd. Okay, bye. Bye.